Now entering Nerdist.com. What's happening, weirdos? Uh, I'm very happy to announce that Crashing is uh, on the air. Crashing Season 2, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, uh, is on the air, which means it's on Sunday uh, at 10.30, and it's also on, uh, oh boy, HBO, I burped, HBO, <laughs> HBO Go and uh, HBO Now, all those uh, streaming platforms. I really hope you like it. Uh, the third episode, which comes out this Sunday, is Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Very, very excited about that. Excited about all of them. Very, very excited about the whole season. Uh, if you would like to come see me live, I will be here in Los Angeles uh, tomorrow, the 25th, Thursday the 25th at Largo, and then again uh, on February 21st, which I believe is a Wednesday, also at Largo. For tickets, largo-la.com. Uh, no official sponsor for the wonderful Bobby Lee. Uh, this is a great episode. We recorded a while ago. Um, for some promotional reasons, we've been going a little bit out of order, so this one might be a little bit dated or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while. But uh, because we were promoting some people's shows and stuff, we've, we've jumped around. Now we're going back in time to the wonderful Bobby Lee. Uh, no ad. I just want to give a shout-out to the Pete's Picks. Um, I've been swearing by them so hard lately because I've been doing so much press for Crashing which obviously is demanding on the old noggin. Uh, and I take Alpha Brain. You guys know this. Alpha Brain is a Pete's pick. This is something that means it's something that I use literally every single day. It's a nootropic, which is like fish food for your brain, for your ideas, for your noggin. Anything for the past, I don't know, three, four years, anything that I do that involves my brain, stand up, writing a script, doing a podcast, doing my own podcast, being a guest on someone else's podcast, having a good date, good conversation, any time that I'm reading and want to retain uh, concentration, memory, focus, I take Alpha Brain. And I want you guys to try it. It's made from earth-grown ingredients. It's not a stimulant. It just helps your brain have fuel to run. And I love it so much, I asked them if they would do a uh, discount code for the weirdos. They said yes. And here's how you do it. Go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird, and you'll automatically get 10% off your purchase of Alpha Brain. There's also MCT oil, which we've talked about in the past on there. Uh, get into those. Those are game changers. Also, Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. I also swear by this while I'm doing press because sometimes I start to get a little atrophied, a little bit serious, a little self-important, uh, and just a little less silly and loose. And Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil is hemp oil made from hemp, obviously, but they take out THC. Uh, except for a negligible amount, and leave in large amounts of CBD, which is the therapeutic sort of uh, medicinal side of the plant, meaning it doesn't get you stoned, it doesn't get you high. It just gives me a happy, healthy glow. I take it for uh, to be calm, to be clear, to be loose, to be silly, a little bit quicker to laugh, a little bit quicker to smile. It has a very anxiety-reducing, mood-elevating quality to me. Uh, when I'm on set shooting, crashing, for example, I would say, could I please get my happy juice, which means 
Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil. It's not intoxicating, meaning you can read, you can work, you can study, you can hold a conversation. It just sort of takes the edge off in this wonderful way that you really have to experience to understand. I like the Everyday Advanced. Uh, I've also tried the Everyday Plus, mint chocolate flavor, delicious, wonderful. It's the only hemp made for human consumption, not rope or other things that we use for hemp. Uh, It's made for people by the wonderful Stanley Brothers. If you want to try it, it's legal in all 50 states. Go to cwhemp.com slash weird and use promo code KEEPITCRISPY. In the meantime, please watch Crashing. Hope to see you at Largo tomorrow on Thursday or February 21st and uh, try a Pete's Pick. And uh, PeteHolmes.com for any uh, T-shirts and stuff that we've ever uh, had inspired by this podcast. Uh, and enjoy Bobby Lee. I really love this talk. Bobby and I didn't, didn't know each other that well, and I've seen him since, and, and now it's all hugs and giggles. Hugs and giggles. Uh, so enjoy. I did. Ooh, four minutes and 20 seconds. That's a good intro. Get into it. Bobby Lee. Don't be weird with the dog. I love animals, bro. Don't be weird with the dog. Don't use that voice with the dog. You used to hate animals? Oh, my God. I used to dread them. Why? But then I met my girlfriend. Did they attack you? No, it's just like I eat them. You, oh, you eat them? What? I eat like cows and, yeah, you know. Here, sit down. Tell me why. This is interesting. Why? I want to know why, why? on the record, you you hate animals? I know I used to, but then I met my girlfriend on Tinder, and we lived together, and for four years, and it, 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 oh, she opened my mind up to the animal world. (laughs) Oh, you don't eat animals anymore? No, I still eat animals, but like, (laughs) I I don't, (laughs) you opened it a little (laughs) bit. So before, were you just attacking? Are you vegetarian? Yeah, I'm more some a vegan. No, you really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Is that's it? That's why you look. Yeah, because you look. You've always looked healthy to me. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm supposed to. Start there's no with dirt. The there's no dirt in your you. fingernails. Uh, you know, you you don't. You look healthy. Are animal people eat, digging up the animals is this on? that they eat? Uh, you might have to wiggle yeah. the the contact. Okay. This is you head. right here. Oh, that's me. Is that you? That's great. Is that better? Oh, that's fantastic. So, what do you mean? I'm, I'm do you, curious. Do you say um, "Welcome to the thing" or no? You just no. Start, you just start like this. I, you know what? I did want. Sometimes I, I want to be more deliberate and say I'm excited to have you on. Yeah. And it's a, it's weird because this podcast is called "You Made It Weird," and this is a high compliment. You're a very weird guy. You think why? I just you're, weird is a good thing. No, no. You know what it makes me sad because people like I, I remember I was on a show once and the producers were like, "He's eccentric." Yeah. And then I Googled it and stuff, and then I was in a depression for like two weeks. Really? Because I don't want to be weird. Oh, well, you have to understand me. I mean, cool. Yeah, yeah. okay, there we go. Fun. Oh, that's good. Like, when I, whenever I see you on camera yeah. or on stage yeah. or in person, uh-huh. you, have an, you, have a, okay, you have a gravitational pull. You're yeah. magnetic. Thank you. Weird just means, like, I want to talk to you. Yeah. Not weird means, Because Jeffrey you know, Dahmer's weird. I hear that. Yeah, I, yeah, I would yeah. say Jeffrey Dahmer is, like, deranged. Oh, he's deranged. Yeah, deranged. And eccentric, this eccentric might be some sort of Hollywood speak for like, he's a kook, which means like, yeah. difficult to ensure. That's not what I mean. I mean like, you're interesting, fun. It's called, yeah. you made it weird. It's a celebration yeah. of weird things. Yeah, people think that I'm weird because like, I'm on a show right now and like, uh, you know, when the, we do what take, show? it's called Splitting Up Together. Splitting Up Together. It's with me and Jenna Fisher and Oliver Hudson. Fun. It comes out in March. But I don't like plugging. But my point is, is this that when we do. <laughs> I don't when, like plugging. When they, do, um, when they do the table read, I'm the last guy to walk in. What do you mean? I let the executives and everyone walk in the room first. Yes. Everyone has to sit down, and then I enter like a weirdo. 
Because deliberately. I, I deliberately do it because if I have to sit there, then I have to have conversations with people. Oh, that's not weird. And I want to burn bridges. Don't you see? That's just interesting. All, you, the fans of the show are called weirdos. And yeah. we, used to, we used to draw a line between comedians and civilians. And then we realized it's a much broader group. It's the people that don't necessarily want to have small talk conversations with executives. Bobby Bang! <laughs> You are crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. they probably do think you're weird in the wrong way. Yeah. You have to understand when it's me to you, yeah. it's weirdo to weirdo. Yeah. Like if a guy in a white lacrosse cap calls you a weirdo, right. he, he just didn't want to say the F word. He didn't want to call you some, some mean word. Wow. I'm saying, hey, here we are in the attic of a comedy shop. We're both comics. Yeah. We share a lot in common. We're both weird people. But I also make. Like the wrong decisions in show business um, situations. Like okay. I, I, I did a audition <laughs> once. I was looking at your, you're, you're everywhere. What do you I, mean? To me, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, there's Bobby. There's Bobby. I'm, oh. wa- I'm watching. I'm watching movies. There's I'm watching- twelve of us. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me, Ken Jeong, the guy from Heroes. I, I've never mistaken you I know, and Ken Jeong. You. you and the guy from Heroes. I thought that was you. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But yeah. Ken, uh, I see Bobby Lee everywhere, and, yeah. and that's a fun thing. But tell oh, me, tell me about the wrong. Well, no, I was in an audition, choices. and I was do. I did well on this like audition for we this director. We gotta talk about auditioning. Yeah, like, I'm the killer I'm the, at I, it. No, I'm notoriously, legendarily the worst. I don't believe you. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, because no. as someone who's cast something, th- there's the nuance of like you coming in the room and that, this is what I'm talking about, just the magnetic... I've bled, I want to capture you. Peter, I've bled <laughs> from my face. Kind Tell like, me everything. All right, so anyway... But I also want to know, if we're going to shit on Bobby Lee in yeah, auditions, yeah. That we're going to end with something that you're good at. Not not for... Oh, I'll tell you what I'm good at. Yes, because I bet you're amazing at it, and I want to absorb some I have a lot of, of good things I'm good at. No, no, no. You know, at auditions specifically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, even yeah, though yeah. you're bad and bleeding, yeah. I bet there's something you do. I bet you go... Let me, correct me if yeah, I'm wrong. Go, go. I bet you go in and you're comfortable. I bet you're comfortable. I, I've never... What you just did there? Yeah. I've never done that. Not this. Yeah, yeah. Not a shimmy. I'll never do that. Not a shimmy. <laughs> I bet you you just exude fearlessness. Oh, God, that's so weird. That You're you not that, that way. No, I'm a shattered. We don't shattered. know each other. That I know. Way. We, uh, I'm shattered. Is that? I'm, everyone says that I'm shattered. What do you? And when you say that, and when you say, Let's book him. He's and when, shattered. When you say this right now, it really blows my mind. Mind right now. Well, you're reminding me. I had another friend that I just thought you are a star, but is like is like inherently like a confident, fearless person. And when I talked to him. He was like, no, 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 and it seems like that's that's what you're telling me too. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's yeah. like I'm wrong. You're blowing my mind right now, but, but um, there's kind of a power to that because if if I and again we don't know each other, yeah. Well, but when I look at you, I go, that is a little hurricane that you can send into scenes to make funnier, more Whoa. interesting. Yeah, you don't feel that way. No, you're a little. You're, I want to like, like a, you're like a secret spice you add to something. No, I want to. <laughs> I want to cut the insides of my body. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm the outside. So, yeah, you want to get in there. in there. Like I want to cut like one of my like, fallopian tubes or something. You don't Do have, I have those. I don't have those. No, oh. you have. A I'm not a doctor. <laughs> oh. So anyway, I did this audition where this director was like digging me. I'm not a doctor. That's <laughs> Kang Jung. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards, I, I, he goes, he wanted. You know how you like you do an audition and they want to talk to you afterwards. That's a good. That's a good thing. Yes, yeah, like, of course. He's like, hey, where you come from? And he was a big guy, so I poked his belly. I go, fatty. You did. Yeah, and then he goes, okay, over. You called him fatty. I poked him in the belly. And, and then I left, called him fatty. And I left the room. You did and, what must be sign language for fatty and called him a well, fatty. Well, because I do it to Eric Double Griffin fatty. and my fat friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they yeah. giggle. Yeah. And the dough, the dough one. 
Yeah, the yeah. The one that's always bringing cookies yeah, and yeah. walking on the oh, counter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. <laughs> that's where you got it. <laughs> you were like, apparently yeah. they love this. Yeah, yeah. This is their hello. But I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, no. But yeah, yeah. when you were doing it, what, see, this is, let's just dispel Bobby Lee rumors. Okay. Because I feel like you get into like a zone. Yeah. And you're in that place and it's it's like very energetic and very kinetic. Yeah. And then that's where in that swell that's what happened. of confidence that yeah. you're, you're being funny and you're riffing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you don't like having fences around your comedy. Right. A guy comes in and he thinks he's talking to a can of Pepsi. Yeah. And the can of Pepsi goes, he fatty. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. Don't get too close. Right. That's, it's his that's, fault. That I have to it's be right kind of, about. You're on you my have, side on that one. I just mean, I, what I'm saying is I understand oh, thanks, man. where you're coming from because it, it reminds me of Robin Williams yeah. who would occasionally uh, uh, upset people, I'm sure. I don't know any stories, but because he's just like, oh, ha, oh, look at your belly. Yeah. Oh, what do you do? Oops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you Wow, I mean? that's like, a very intuitive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. These are the guys that are sucking everything into their jets yeah. as they launch off the earth, which is what Louis said about Dane on that show. Right. That sort of like idea that you're not doing it to be offensive. You're just trying to get into almost like a trance. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it's also a defense mechanism too because it's like in quiet times, you know, yeah. I just like go, you have to do something. Yes. Right. So you're nervous. Yes. Buddy, when I'm anxious, nervous, or you'll never see me funnier, if I think you're mad at me, uh-huh. you'll never see me. <laughs> really? Like you should pray that one day I think you're mad at me. Yeah. Because you'll never see a funnier, more charming me that does a show just for you because I'm very desperate for people to like me. It's so strange because I didn't think you liked me, you know. Is that right? And then when you text, when you emailed me, I was like, "No, it's a huge oversight. I, I'm not that I, familiar with you, but everything I, I know." I've but seen, still, I, I, I was like, like, "Oh my god! Like, I have to do this ah. because this guy, Pete Holmes, just emailed me." That's so funny. And I showed up here, and then no one was here. I go, "It's a prank." No, I there, love. There's tapes I love your here. fragility. Hey, Bobby, beautiful <laughs> fragility. I love it. I really, I admire the sharing of some some vulnerability. It's just an oversight. The way I book the show yeah. is I see people yeah. and I go, oh, it's very lazy. Oh, it is. But I saw you at the comedy store. Yeah, yeah. And, I just, and that's all it was. You I know go, what felt good, though, is that you go, shook my Bobby. hand yeah. and then the five people around me, you didn't really, you because you, you were busy. But it made <gasps> no, me, and then I did one of those things. I did one of those things where I looked at the guys and went, Mm. That's hilarious. I'm, I'm, kill- I'm killing it. That's hilarious. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know the other guys. That's what's great, though. Did I? No. Okay. They weren't like, no, I went to high school. No, but you, because of <laughs> you, I mean, you're killing it right now. Well, that's very sweet of you. Do you feel I it? I like where we're do you going. Feel it? Let's shift this to me. But Let's do you feel get it? the conversation. I've always wanted to know, it, and when people are killing it, do they feel like they're killing it? You know what it? Uh, how I experience it is there's a there's a lot of equanimity. Like I feel less desperate, which is funny because yeah. you're supposed to tell the story that you get something, and then you're like, I've learned the lesson that it's never enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want more, and I see yeah. people like that, literally in this town on the daily. Oh, me too. People that are like. Whoa, you are my hero. And they're like, how do you how do you get on that thing? <laughs> they're just yeah. vampires. They're just yeah. like uh, what the real term is, uh, the Buddhist term is hungry ghosts. Like they're just like con- little necks, big bellies. They can never get the food in. Yeah. It doesn't reach them. But I'm here to say it, there is a satisfaction in having this podcast, having a, a TV show, obviously. These things kind of did calm me down. Yeah. And I like it. Somebody said to me recently, they were like, your tentacles – aren't reaching as far. Wow. You know, when you go into a room, there's like, <laughs> like, I'm talking to you, but I'm really eating the Fritos at the table. Like, they're going <laughs> yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, trying a little desperation. 
Something's calmed. I got married. But Things this is just who, feel you know what it settled is? and good. This is who you are. You're who I am. Nah, you're me too. <laughs> no, but what mean? I'm saying what is, is this is like a lot of times when like there's a guy, I'm not going to name his name, but as soon as he got some sort of name, yeah. He shifted into the biggest fucking cocksucker. Interesting. I right? see what you're saying. You get and, permission to be who you want to be. Right. And that's, I, I, th- I feel like when he was struggling, mm. just so that he didn't burn any bridges, he was, he was faking. He was a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Right. And he was just like, hey, man, I'm one of you. Yeah. And as soon as he gets a break, he's like, <laughs> Yeah, have you I ever seen your interest? Have you ever seen that? Uh, every day in yeah. this town? <laughs> yeah, every day. Every day. And then I see guys that make it, like Sebastian Maniscalco. I don't know if you know love him. him. Love him. We love him on. Love him. Love he, Sebastian. I wonder if he, now that you're saying you thought I didn't like him, I'm like, does Sebastian think I hate him? No, I don't know him. He's private. He's a private person. Because I started with him, he's and I remember when he was a waiter, and he used to get like these 20 the minute breaks. waiter. At Four Seasons, <laughs> he would do his break, race down here to a spot. And then put his clothing back on and go back to the Four Seasons to wait tables. No. Yeah, he has such an incredible work ethic, that guy. Wow. And he's extremely, I told him. His he, opener was, can I get you something to drink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. you got some <laughs> bottled water, tap water, okay? Yeah. Whoops, wrong job. But now, I mean, th- th- I can't tell, tell you, but he, there's a lot going on in his life, and they're all good things. He's blowing up. Yeah, and I feel so. I happy love for those him. guys. I love those guys. Did you almost get emotional? Yeah, no, <laughs> did I really, you? I know. I, I I get excited when my. I love it. Up. You know. Look at your heart. Look at your vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. Look at your heart. This I is just, good stuff. I, I just really. But then when they're assholes and they kind of make it. Yeah. Like there's somebody that owes me money that made it just now. Really. I'll never get paid back. You think? No, for sure. Shouldn't them making it mean you do get paid back? You'd think. No. But you're saying now they're going to be in a house in a hill. I mean, this person made it. A couple of years ago, like two years ago, uh-huh. and you know this person's making a lot of money. Yeah, and there's never Why that. Why you lend them money? Because I they, were, str- they were struggling. Tell me he... the story. This is good. No, they, you, you gave a no, friend money, no, and they made it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they're not going to pay you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, a, there's like ten of those. It's a out there sad right now. story. You are a generous giver. No, I'm just because people okay, know. I, no, I, you're not bragging. I'm telling you, please. Let's. Talk I don't about give them it. thousands, but if someone is like, "Dude, I need a hundred bucks because I can't pay rent or yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. eat," I'm always that guy. These are the connecting kind of cells in the membrane of stand-up comedians. There's a lot of you guys. Yeah, and I should I try do to be it one selflessly. I should do it just like and with no, you know, you don't no, have to pay me back. Just you, you know, know what, but maybe there is a part of me that goes. You're going to give me 50 bucks back, you know? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. Yeah. Well, I don't think we need to judge how you're giving. It's good that you're giving. That's a good thing. Yeah. And then later, maybe we get we get elevated and we're like, ah. But, you know, 100 bucks is a lot of money. Like, can I get 100 bucks back? Yeah. Especially now that you're on the Greenbergs? Yeah. The, Goldbergs? <laughs> you want to get, you're trying to get to it. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Very I'm good. Not. <laughs> very But, but I, I find that you've had a lot of success. Did it calm you down or do you, does it make you go, well... Because I know you all, there's, there hasn't been the Bobby Lee show yet. I've, they've tried. No, I know. Yeah, they've tried. Um, but you've been, you were I'm, on, like, what, 90 seasons of Mad Television? I did eight I years of that. Eight years? Yeah, That's that. so fucking crazy, man. That's showbiz. Yeah. Little Bobby Lee is like, but there wasn't, whoa. There wasn't, you know, it didn't feel like being on a show. It felt like being on community theater because of the fact that there was really no money in it. Oh really? Yeah, it was. You know, it's like SNL. Like you, like, you get fifty five hundred a week or whatever in the beginning, right? And then uh, you know, it's which is great if you're a bro comic, yes. But you see guys like you know, I have friends like Simon Helberg or Eric Stone Street, right? Who Simon makes a million a year right. a week? I mean, a million a week. 
on, on Big Bang Theory. Oh, the big one? Yeah. The Big Bang? Big Bang. And then Eric Stone Street makes a lot of money on yeah, yeah, Modern yeah. Family. So. I just saw the guy who plays his husband uh, oh, yeah, this morning at yeah, breakfast. Yeah, I like him. I like him. I didn't want to bother him, but yeah, he was wearing a very nice blue sweater. Yeah, he's nice. He, he seemed kind. But like, I'd be really disappointed if he was an asshole. So I was thinking about Eric Stone Street. So the, you're saying... So when you th- yeah. <laughs> they got shows, they were making, oh, I can buy an island. Right. When you're on Mad TV, it's like, oh, I can pay rent. Right, I can buy a postcard. I can buy a a, maybe a condo. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like it doesn't feel like it's still. I'm still grateful, of course. But eight years of that didn't like cha- like you know a lot of people on a network show they Assume. can do eight years right and they can retire. Yeah, right. I wasn't like that. I was like you know, and also on top of it, because Mad TV wasn't seen in the same light at SNL. We didn't get deals like they did. Right. We had to go back in line. Right. And a lot of us didn't work ever again. It seemed, and people on SNL struggle. Some to, of them do. There's yeah. like the curse of SNL. It's yeah. like, even if you were big on SNL, maybe nothing ever happens again. Mad TV did kind of have a, the other show feel. Yeah. Is that fair to say? That's exactly what I don't. We, I'm not putting it down. I'm we, just no, saying. no. We felt, I mean, I felt like that. And then you would run into SNL guys and they'd be like, you know, like I remember doing something with Tracy Morgan, and then he was like, "Yo, you guys are mean spirited." He said that to you, yeah. which is kind of mean spirited. Yeah, with a little mean spirited, but like we were that kind of, that kind of reaction, and and it was it, I had I struggled for six years See, out there after Mad TV. Really? Oh my god! So I had to like hit another... the road and do shitty clubs. Yeah, and like get shitty deals on the. You know, sometimes you know if you don't have an audience, you get crappy money. And it was back to struggling a little bit. This is what's fascinating to me is that people think it's a break. Really, it's like 12 breaks. It's, that's what show is. Yeah, it, that's a really good. Right? Yeah, I, you know. Because we both kind of, because I had a talk show. And, and again, I want to be very grateful here. It was not island money. Yeah. I was living in a, a $1,100 a month apartment, which is nice. I yeah. understand. But it wasn't like, time to get a house. <laughs> yeah. I was driving a Volkswagen Golf. It was very modest. Yeah. I was keeping whatever clothes I could because I was like, can I have these shoes? Because <laughs> you're trying to, it, the show was the thing. Yeah. But I did run into people that were like, I remember doing a show and they were like, it's really cool that you're here. And I'm like, what do you mean? I was like, you know, you're a millionaire. You can. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The people's just, I know. And I was like, Look, it's better than a manager at a pharmacy. Yeah. But it's not a million. It's not even it's near not, a million. Yeah, it's not. It's like a comfortable living, but it's not like, okay, now I can coast yeah. and and just focus on uh, writing my pilot or waiting out the right time for the Bobby Lee show. But you know, if you had to go hit it again. But in, the memory, in many ways, and I'm gl- glad it was like that because you get to work on living life and being okay with not having it. It's a good lesson. Right. So you get to change yourself from the inside out. Fucking A. So you then you realize, you know what? This isn't the most important thing. This is what I do. Right. But my parents, it's like, my brother, my girlfriend, they're, I have animals now. These are things that are more important. Yeah. I'm are you fattening s- them up to eat them? Yes. No. I'm just making jokes. Yeah, but my people, animals, my, but no, my, my people eat that. It wasn't a Korean joke. I, I, but don't do that. <laughs> All right. you're, you're way above that. I was making right. you're Pete Holmes, okay? Dude? Like you love animals. <laughs> I know, but, okay, I know, it wasn't I that joke. I know you're doing that. Yeah, but so that's you know. But doing the inner work, it's like a little reminder. Nobody wants suffering, but what you're showing is an appreciation for the reminder that comes along with it. Because you could have been. 
Bobby Lee, white limo, long cigar. Yeah. Because, and that might have happened if, if Mad TV had been more lucrative. Yeah. But instead, there was a necessary, maybe it was, let's not call it necessary, but you saw past the shitty clubs and saw a valuable humbling in there. Going, you know what, man? It is about being nice. It is about remembering that you're not hot shit. All the time, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, I just didn't want to become. Did like, I mishear you? No, tell me no, what exactly you're... what you're. No, oh, okay. you're exactly right. Okay, I also didn't want to become like. There's this guy that I used to doorman with at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. I don't want to name his name, but he was at the sixty-five year old man. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, very good, very very good. But he was a sixty-five year old man who was like a stand-up from the seventies that was at the comedy store, and he he became. A doorman there for, there for 40 years. And he was an angry guy. Yeah. And he was bitter. And that was my biggest fear. And it's like, for me, I don't want to become that. And also, I got sober 15 years ago. Mm. So I have 15 years sober. And so I can't afford to live in that is dark the, place. Is be- the 15-year chip just a huge pizza? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't even take, take chips anymore. You don't do no chips? No. Let's talk about that later. Keep going. We will. But um, I'm just like, that's a big momentum. But if being... Being bitter and angry and resentful, it leads to relapse. Mm. So I can't even do it because I don't want to do, go back to drugs. Yes. So I have to live in a positive you know, a light. Well, you know? you're talking about finding it inside. Yeah. And drug use, whatever your drug is, alcohol, it, it could be a, a myriad of things. It doesn't just have to mean hard yeah, drugs. Gambling, yeah. Gambling. There's lots of porn, things that we yeah. chase. Porn, good example. Yeah. Those are great. Even comedy, in a way, or success, is yeah. really what we're talking about. The high of, like, I've done it. Join me. <laughs> like, you're sitting on, like, a mountain of skulls, yeah. and you're like, I'm on television! <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. Whatever your addiction is, it's avoiding you honing the skills to go in. Yeah. To find it in. Yeah. Can you be happy on a delayed flight? You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God, yeah. Can you choose? Does it have to? Everybody's happy when they go, Bobby, the numbers are in. Your special's number one. <laughs> yeah. Any any person would be happy but then. But how do you feel when you're in a middle seat at Southwest Airlines? That's right? fucking it. And you have to wait around like everybody else. And we're, drugs, are, drugs are interesting. I remember when I was... Uh, Right, right when my wife left me, I did nitrous. This is a sad story. It's not like a hard. What well, you were married? I was married. Yeah, I was oh, married. Are you married again? I'm married again. I just oh. got married again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different woman though. Different. <laughs> I went back. Oh, you're back there. I went oh. back, baby. They call it the U-turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't help it. Yeah. I went. I miss it. <laughs> uh, no, I'm remarried, and uh, the first time my wife left me. Uh, I was I was backstage at UCB, which they're getting rid of in in uh, New York. Why? And somebody, yeah, they're tearing it down. I guess wow. uh, the rent. And I did nitrous, which is just I don't recommend it. Uh, uh, and I sucked it down, and it makes you very euphoric for a moment. And as I was in that, it's like a three second high. I went. This is the this is the feeling I've been looking for. <laughs> That's what I said <laughs> as I as I exhaled. Yeah, the saddest, most transparent sort of like because I was so sad. And that drug for that moment made me feel elation. Mm. And it was the same elation. In, it was in the same family of elation as I knew swimming in the ocean or having laughs with friends or whatever. It was kind of in that family. Right. And it made me go, oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, you, know, you saw it, it for a second. Like, oh, that Literally for yeah. like half a second. I was like, happiness is a possibility. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. It's, it's gone. gone. It's Let's gone. eat cheese. Yeah. Um, 
so I wonder, was that your experience? Are you comfortable talking? Well, I know. I love talking about it. Yeah. I, I got sober when I was 17. Yes. And I had 12 years. When you were 17? Yes. So that you started when you were? 13. 13. 12, 13, yeah. I did math and stuff. Wait, so that's, you started when you were 12 and you got sober when you were 17. I see what no, you're saying. I relapsed. You relapsed. Yeah. So what happened was, 17, I got sober. Yep. I re- relapsed at like 29. I want to, let's tell all these stories. Right. 30. You're, you're, you're 12, though. Let's I'm 46 this. now. Yes. <laughs> I didn't think you were 12. You're 12 years old? Yeah. That's remarkable. <laughs> Thank you. Don't worry about Mad TV. There's going to be your <laughs> oh, whole life really? ahead of you. I, had, I got it when I was two. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, but so I got sober, and then when I got on Mad TV, mm. they treated me like shit. Like, it was the worst. Who did? The cast? I can't even. Oh, yeah, I'm not I mean, looking like for some names. Of the, yeah, like some of the Your cast. Friend. I can tell you. That I don't you don't know. It's not, I'm not going to do that, but, really that but I show. can. I understand. Yeah, I, 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 no, I won't. But my point is I got there I and th- I, I realized yes, go ahead. they didn't want me there. Because you were Sobies? No, it's just because I'm from stand-up. I did never. I was not really a good actor. Uh-huh. Right? I had never been on a TV show before, so I had to learn everything. And I was nervous all the time. And so they just didn't use me for two years. Whoa! So what ended up happening was I—I I mean, I walked into a room and there was a producer there, and he said, "Listen, you're just not right for this show, and I just don't think that you should be on it." Like what, what, that's what the first week I was there. Wow! One of the producers said that to me. No. Yeah, and I literally as cried a f- as a friend, as a friend, <laughs> and I went home and I relapsed. No. Yeah. Fucking it, shit. I couldn't handle it. Wow. And then I started taking Vicodin, and I was drinking 24 hours a day. On the show? Oh, yeah. I was oh. taking 60, 50 to 60 Vicodins a day. 50 to 60? All my money went into Vicodin. Really? Yeah, and then eventually I stopped showing up. What is Vicodin uh, like? It's an opiate. It just feels like, you, you, you know, when you're first, you're like, everything's okay, and you feel euphoric. It reduces anxiety, too. Oh, it it's beyond that. It's beyond that. It just feels... Like, I can conquer the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when all this negative stuff was happening, I was just, like, medicating myself. Yeah. But then what happened oh, was man, I, I started happened. getting crazy, and I started thinking that they were demon worshippers and stuff. So I used to show oh, yeah, up. paranoia. Yeah. Because I would drink, too, and I would just not sleep. It was You'd crazy. Start, uh, this, maybe there's an obvious question. Like, first thing in the morning, kind of like, let's yeah, get Yeah, I would take five there. Vicodins right when I wake up. Really? Yeah, and then I would try to drink coffee, but then I'd be like, no, nah, I'll just drink whiskey. Wow. And then I would show up with, like, a Hawaiian shirt completely open with, like, a hunting knife. And I had acne all over my face. I was just breaking out like crazy. Because of the Vicodin? I don't know. I wasn't washing or anything. Yeah. And I used to show up going, these guys are demons. I gotta protect myself, you know. I have a weird question. What? How were you functioning at all to like? They were like, they you get, shouldn't be on the show, and then you're that, like, no, I got the answer. No, they didn't <laughs> want me to carry on. No, they eventually started going. We need to do something because this guy's not showing up to shoots. He's really? not showing up to table reads. But well, you weren't really in the sketches. I would do like. Here's the problem. Utility. They would give me one w- w- line yeah. at a live taping, and I would kill it. Because I'm good at live show. I yeah, just stand yeah, yeah. up, right? That's what I mean. That's the magnetic right. sort of like, you seem like a secret weapon. They should have been. Like, so they had, we had a sketch where Adam Carolla and Kimmel was on, and I played um, Christina Yamaguchi or whatever. Uh-huh. And I came in with, and I had one line. Yeah. And I did the line. I forgot what it was. Yeah. And it crushed. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, that was the week that we were going to fire him, but we'll keep him around. Really? Yeah. So I would always like make these little cuts. 
Yu Yamaguchi. Yeah. And then one day they were like, we had to give him intervention. So two years in, they gave me an intervention. So it was th- so fucking embarrassing. It's kind of, yeah, I hear that. But, but, what am I, Mr. Spin Doctor? <laughs> I'm just saying you're so good that it, in show business where people really do kind of, it is, is a, can be a little cutthroat. Yeah. This guy's a problem. Get rid of him. Yeah. You're so funny that they go, let's have an intervention. A town no, that kind of notoriously doesn't care about people. But that was also at the time where they were like, well, you're the only minority on our shows mm. on Fox, and we kind of have to keep you. You feel that that? No, yeah, I, I heard that. Really? Yeah, that like there's weird. From that same mean producer? No. Hey. But from the, I think from the, <laughs> I think the network really liked me. Yeah. But they're not, you know, as you can tell. They're not really because a show like Mad TV has been around for so long. At that point, seven years, mm-hmm. they're not around. Mm-hmm. So it's the in-house producers and stuff that have to deal with this crazy guy, right? So what they're getting, the network, isn't necessarily the dark shit, right? Right? They're keeping it in-house, you know. Oh, the but problem. If, yeah, but eventually they were like, the network, I think, knew, and then they were like, we have to save this kid's life, right? So, how do you feel looking back on that? Are you grateful? I know it was embarrassing at the time, but are you like that was a good thing? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Because one of the things I'm feeling is like I wish there had been a more supportive community that would have kept you not feeling the ways that made you want to do music. Yeah, yeah. I know that's kind of wishful thinking. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's like I didn't bring. I wasn't good. I mean, listen, I can get a laugh. I know how to do it. But at the end of the day. I'm not a sketch guy. I I've never been in the Groundlings. I've never been in Second City. Right. I was doing the best I can with what I had. How did you get the part? I just, on a whim, just went on. I had no agent or nothing. And no. I, and, I, and one night, they were like, you have this first read with one casting director. And I wrote a bunch of like, like, like scenes in one, one night, like his character, like monologues. I would look in the mirror. I'll go, I'll do this. I do that. And then I walked in. I knew in for a fact that I wasn't going to get it. And then when I walked out, my, my, my manager was like, I didn't have an agent, was like, you got a call back. So I would go back in, and they would give me notes. And then I got, that's it. And then they were like, no, they won't see you again. What? And this happened eight or nine times. No. Back and forth, back and forth. And it went down to me and Taryn Killam. Wow. And Taryn just did my podcast, and we talked about it. It was me and Taryn testing, and they wanted one guy because they wanted a white guy. And so I'm like, I'm not going to get it. And then I walked in, and they were basically like, oh, we'll get him too. Whoa. And so me and Taryn, Taryn both got it. No And way. Taryn was 17 years old. Get out. Yeah, and then he lasted a year, but then he, years, years later he got on SNL. Right. Yeah. But the last week, I want to tell you this, last yeah, week buddy. I was on MAD. Um, they gave me an intervention, and they're like, listen, can you do one more sketch? How did the intervention happen? I'm like, it was on a were Wednesday night. Were people in character? <laughs> no, it wasn't the cast. It was literally just the suits. Oh wow! And I walked in with my manager because that's who you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not friends, guys. Going, can I get you a water? Yeah, and it was in an office. It was sterile. Yeah, and, and you know, a bunch of people in suits, and I'm sitting there shaking, and they're like, "Listen, we know you're doing drugs. Can you just stop? Because we can really work with you. We think we see something. This is like a showbiz intervention, right? They appealed to your ego. They were like." We think you could go places. Stop doing drugs. <laughs> right. Not, we love you. Bobby, we miss you. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Like, yeah, it wasn't a family one. It wasn't like, I, we love you. And... Could you do Connie Chung? Yeah, <laughs> that was I, your intervention. <laughs> I, think, yeah, I think they were dangling, like, your future. Like, yeah. you, know, we, you know, if you keep doing this, you, you're out. Yeah. 
It's interesting, though. That is a style, I suppose. I mean, to people like us, we're talking about how we need to be liked and, yeah. and what caused you to really up, which is a very sad tale. Somebody saying you're not good enough, you get out of here. Yeah. Basically, like your worst fear. So maybe the antidote in this unique situation was someone saying, "You kind of, the undercurrent is, you are good enough. We want to work with you. Please. Yeah, I felt like it did work. I felt like, I got, okay. So was, the, did anyone do the, like, Bobby, we like you? Like, was no, there, was I, there a I good think, cop? No, I think um, my comic friends, mm. you know, were like, we want to help you. Mm. So I called Duncan Trussell. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Bobby. I, I go, Trussell, come to my house because I just had an intervention at Fox, and I need you to clean my house with all the drugs. He was there in two seconds. Really? And he, was, he lived like 40 minutes away. Wow. He was, he was there. Wow. And he's him and he was dating a girl named Stephanie Escajeda, and they were like cleaning my apartment of all of all drugs. Wow. Then they made I remember they made me a fish dinner. <laughs> they like cooked up a fish dinner because I hadn't eaten, and then they laughed. And then it was a Thursday, and I knew I had to tape Friday, and so I, now I was going through withdrawal. Whoa! And that night, because opiate serious stuff like your body. Oh is my like, god! There was give me piles that. of shit and vomit. All over my apartment. Really? And I was completely naked, and I was just shaking for, like, 24 hours. Whoa. Uh, you know? Yeah. And then I show up on – I had to do rehearsals as Connie Chung. Wow. So I show up shaking as Connie Chung, right? And I'm sitting there doing rehearsals like this, and, and they're like, are you okay? I go, fine! I'm fine! <laughs> right? <laughs> And then they, they then you know I I'm in my you know what I was in my dressing room, and there was a lot of crew members that were sober, hmm. so they kept checking up to see if I died or not. Oh wow! Yeah, like my friend Anton, who I'm still friends with, he was just like, "You all right, buddy? I'll call the fucking doctor. I mean, I'll, I'll call the medic." So I get onto the set, and it was a live taping, right? Friday night. Yeah. What helps with drones, by the way? I, I didn't have anything. I know, but it, could they have given you something? Maybe in but, movies, it's always like they put you in a cabin. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. in Ray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, we right. Play, we play his music over him rolling around in bed. For you, it's your stand-up record <laughs> as you roll. Yeah. That's sad, though. Heavy. So I'm on, this, I'm on now the set, and I hear the audience. It's dark. Okay? I'm in Connie Chung makeup, right? Mm-hmm. This is the most embarrassing moment of my life. Check this out. I hear Bruce Letty, the director, go, Okay, ready? Every, five, four, three, two, action! The lights come on, and then I see the studio audience. It's like three, four hundred people. You're scared. And me. everyone's around, right? I'm frightened. And I have a monologue, and I don't know the first line. Oh, no. I, it's like I'm so sick that I don't know what to do. Oh, my so God. I'm, and all of a sudden, I start shaking again. Right? Oh, no. I start shaking again. Was I, Mad live? Well, we did live tapings every live other taping. week, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I go, good evening. <laughs> right, right? Yeah. I'm, right? And I, Connie. And then I farted. And a bunch of shit came out. I was really hoping the story wasn't going that way. <laughs> you shit your pants. Yeah. Under the lights. Yeah. As Connie Chung. Yeah. In front of 300 people. Yeah. In withdrawals. Yeah. Holy cow. And then Dick Blasucci, the executive producer, walks up and goes, all right, we can't do it. Called it. Yeah. He's like, and I'm like, now I'm being lifted up from the chair in front of all these people. And escorted to my dressing room. And then somebody said, you got to pack your shit. Oh, no. Pack my shit? I'm done. That's it. Wow. So I packed all my shit. I brought it into my... I had this little GTI. I put it in there. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Golf. Yeah, you did? Yeah. <laughs> They're nice, cute cars. Yeah, cute ones. And they drove me, some, uh, my friend drove me to, back to my apartment. Hmm. And then the next day I went to a hospital. I went to, Lem, in Lemon Grove in San Diego. My manager picks me up on a Saturday and drives me to Lemon Grove. And it was, some, it was called the Optimum Health Institute, which was like the wheat grass. It wasn't a rehab. Hmm. But I mean, anyway. It was like crunchy. It was, it was, yeah, it was a crunchy place. Get some wheatgrass in you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, 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 let's alkalize your body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was a weight-losing place where people like lost weight, got healthy, but it wasn't like – had nothing to do with addiction. It was holistic medicine. Right. Because like, my manager gonna... wanted to lose weight. He said, we can kill two birds with one stone. That's the most show business I've ever heard. <laughs> right. I'll and drive you to rehab. I'm dying. He's like, I'll take you to rehab. It's on my way. <laughs> That's why he came on a Saturday. Yeah, he was like, but then what that's happened? where I'm going. But I awalled. You awalled? Uh, yeah. I, no, you 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 left. I left. And you who picked me up from L.A. I like when you're shitting your pants. They're like, you know what'll help? What? Wheatgrass. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> you're like, guys. It's I just, the last I just thing shit I needed. A fish dinner. And also, then I didn't know what wheatgrass was. I mean, it was like oh, a I long thought, time ago. I thought this was you. Yeah, it was your manager's idea. I thought maybe he knew that you like that sort of stuff. No, no. She was like, she she was like, I need to lose weight. You need, you know, to be... You need to lose an addiction. That's like fat. Yeah, that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Essentially, what... What did... part of your belly fat is where you keep your need for Vicodin? Because let's do some squats. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm why, still with her, by the they... way. I'm still with her, That's her, hilarious. That's I'm hilarious. Yeah. So, of course you went AWOL. They're not giving you what you need. Yeah. I, in my head, I'm like, I'm just going to go to A meetings in LA. So, so you... How did you escape? Shafir. Ari picked you up? Yeah. You're just going deep. He drove and... two and a half hours. You have from some nice LA. friends. I'm yeah. proud of your friends. And he put me in his car. Anyway, I just drove back to LA. And um, I remember telling him, I go. Well, it wasn't hard to escape because they were over No, there. it wasn't, but there was a wall. And I, I did it behind my manager's back. Yeah. So there had to have been some espionage going on. <laughs> there was like some lying, like, hey, no, you go to the pool. I'm just going to lay down and take a nap. And she must think you're leaving to do drugs. Yeah, she, I didn't care at that point, though. Yeah. I was on the point of firing her. You must have been really upset. A little bit, yeah. But she, you know she what? Took you to... I love her. I love her. Why? Because before that, <laughs> let me speak. Because follow up like, question. I, I, why? Because, I'm just kidding. She because cares. I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. when I was at the comedy store, and I couldn't get any representation, and she, she said, "You know what? There's something about this kid. She used to pay my rent, mm. and she used to like pay like electrical bills and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she got me the Matt TV audition. Have you paid her back? Yeah, I have. Ah, it's a yeah, I know, I know, but I have. Yeah! <laughs> by, not, by not fucking, by not fucking leave, by not fucking leaving. I love how serious you were. You were yeah, like, I'm not fucking, fucking around. Le- yeah, I'm not fucking around. See, but, uh, oh, you didn't pay her back directly. You just stayed her, with her as a client. Yeah, that's that's a way to do it. Yeah, and I stay, I stay sober. I love it. So she's a well-meaning bumbling. Sounds like you know. Yeah, like this uh, is how Sandy, I got, Sandy but This is how I got my. I mean, I like to stand. I love it. This is how. This is how I. This is how. See, magnetic. Yeah. This is how I got my job back. What do you mean? So they fired me. Okay. Right? So this is two years. Now I'm in a hospital. They fire me. I have no job now. Yes. Right? Yes. So I'm like, you know what? I let it go. That's when I first let it go. I'm like, you know what, dude? You're never going to be on another TV show. So just concentrate on stand-up. So I would go to meetings hard, like AA meetings, every day. Yeah. And one day I ran into somebody that works for the show in a meeting, but like coincidentally... This person was like, oh, my God, he's really hitting it hard. 
This is someone person. from Mad TV yes. saw you after you had kind of got your stuff but, together. Yes, you're but starting through, to get yourself together, but through a spiritual way of just, just like oh, this is a coincidence. I don't know. It felt very serendipitous. It felt yes. very pr- providential. Yeah. Where was it at the comedy store? No, at a meeting. At, 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 at like a, oh, you ran into them at AA. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm not allowed to say that. Yes, you but ran I'm not into say them at a place that's two <laughs> letters. Wow! Yeah, yeah, I can't believe yeah, that. Yeah, and two letters in a church. Two letters basement. in a church basement. Yeah, <laughs> and this person, this is me, crazy. Got, got me my job back. So they were they were there. Just yeah. Just, Did you share that day? No. Yeah, I mean, I would. I read the thing. You know what I mean? But I was like, you were going two or three times a day almost. Yes. Like I was gung ho. It got around that the I was, same compulsion. It seems that you have for stand up and and acting and working. Do you the job. Yeah. it to AA. And then what happened was they gave me like a six month trial, and I, instead of letting the the showrunners and the writers write for me, mm. I just started doing things on my own. And what I started doing on my own at Matt TV was, I went, I'm going to stay sober, and I'm not going to di- let them dictate. How I'm being, you know, represented. You're going in, right? Instead of listening to the producer, so I taped my own sketch Mm. on my own. What do you mean? Like it's just no. I literally kind of wrote a sketch in my head Mm. because I didn't. I didn't know how to write a sketch. Literally write it out. Yeah, like I, you know, just the directionals and 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 the description. I didn't know how to the format. Right. So I just filmed one at my house, and I at the table read. You got the equipment. Yeah, I had a camera. You had a camera. Like a just shitty, like, you know, home camera. And then you, you cut it together? I cut it together for my, fr- my friend Jet. I cut it together. And what I, was the sketch? It was a 24 parody. Okay. All right. And I showed it in front of the table read at the end. I brought out a fucking TV and I put it in. It's so funny because here you are not really, nobody, it seems like what you were missing was someone to show you the ropes. Like, hello, Bobby. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. This is sketch. I know you come from the stand-up world. Yeah. This is how you write a sketch. This is what we're going to be doing. They don't do that. There was none of that. Yeah. And you, you know, so you got some shit you gotta thrown survive. on your, You got to survive. You got shit thrown on your flower and you're like, I'm going to be like the weird flower that grows in between two pavement sidewalk mm. squares. Yeah. Pavement sidewalk squares. These are the official terms. Very good. That hurt. Sorry. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, so you said I'm going to film this, and I I, I I I aired it in front of the the, the network and the and everyone, mm-hmm. and it killed. Yeah. And they go, you know what? We'll just air this as it is. Shut up. You fucking shut your mouth. Yeah. And, I, and right I was here. and I was like, that's so, and that's why when you watch Mad, I don't do I do some characters and stuff, but a lot of it, a lot of it, it's playing myself. Yes. So Bobby Lee versus Wild. Bobby Lee doing this. Bobby Lee doing that. Which is the stand-up essence, it's right? Like that's what like, I, I turned it into. Yeah. And a lot of pe- fans of the show were like, "Why is he doing?" You know, but I don't care because I need to survive. And I. W- and then here's another thing: is all the old it's so cast members couldn't have worked. By the way, I know. I just want to say, like, yeah. the guy that rolls in the VCR cart and like, guys. <laughs> I got a sketch, I, and you hit play, and, and it's just the ramblings of a madman. Yeah, and, and you're like, eating it. Yeah, yeah, and it killed. it killed. See, that's the difference. A lot of people think like all you need is stick to itiveness. It's like don't give up. Yeah, never give up. <laughs> but the difference is the video that you rolled in on that VCR card <laughs> was good. Yeah, like you fe- you went in and learned. What you're good at as a stand-up, you applied to a new situation. Yeah, because I love the show 24. What it was was, and I was watching it, and I was just like, I want to do a parody. So it's just like basically, my, you know how they have those little chirons? This yeah. happens between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m., right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mine would be waking up and just me peeing, mm-hmm. and you cut to the next hour, and I'm still peeing. <laughs> like really simple shit, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, 10, I'm sleeping. 
<laughs> I'm eating the next hour. Yeah, but, you, yeah. but you put it, you inter, if you interject these chirons, Very yeah, chirons. right, and you do drastic things, you yeah. know, in between. Yeah, it worked. I did like twelve of those things. Wow! And I started doing it with John Cena. John Cho did one. Like a bunch of people did it. Wow, cool! So it became a thing. But my point is, is the that other cast members you were saying? Yeah, and some of the oh yeah, and but here's what happened: a lot of these old guys left, and then we got in Key and Peele. K&P. Yeah, Ike Barinholtz. These are more your people. These are my generation. Yeah. And so when I got sober, so I ran into Josh Myers, you know, Seth's brother, mm-hmm. and all these guys. And then like guys like Andy Samberg, all these guys used to hang out. Mm-hmm. And it became a completely different... Because then I became more of an elder statesman. Uh, right, and then it so just felt beca- comfortable. it got better. It's the difference between playing a weird, scary club the first time and the second time. Right, right? or you're opening. I remember opening at like a club in Houston, and then it being bad, and then I became a headliner, mm-hmm. and it was completely different. Yep, I had gone through this voyage, and we could do it. You learn. You That's know? what's strange about performers to me is I, I've, I've always said this example, but I'm saying it to you is when I go to clubs and I don't feel welcome. It sounds like such a baby thing. It really kind of fucks with my shit. I like, I remember the first time I emceed at the improv. It was the first time I played the L.A. improv. Big deal to me. It's big deal. It's fucking L.A. improv. Yeah. It was like a Thursday or something. It was important to me. And you have to host? The host <laughs> is the guy that's like, what's up, dudes? Like, this yeah. is our club. Banging on the piano. Uncross your arms. You know, like, it's supposed to be welcome to my house. Yeah. And I went up and I was like, oh, so I look like, <laughs> I look like Val Kilmer. <laughs> that, and yeah. like... Now when I go to the improv, I feel very confident, and yeah. that helps me be funny. So you were trying to, but find also your it's group. you're Pete Holmes now. I suppose. No, 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 bro. I hear what you're saying. No, but you, I don't I, think you hear me. I do because when you drive down the street, I, the other day I was driving down the street, yeah, and there was a crashing poster of you. Really, you know, gigantic. Where? It was like somewhere in like by Melrose. Let's go. I don't want to do this podcast. And, Let's find and, and, and you were coming out like this. It was on a building or something, right? And I go, that's, you know, that's making it. Uh, right? It's on Gower. That's what it is. I haven't Santa seen him. That's where, exactly where it is. See, you, that's fine. I'm not lying. Yeah, but I hear what you're saying, but. I don't the, think you do. I, <laughs> I accept the added confidence yeah, yeah. that comes from. Hello, you just saw me on a billboard. Yeah. So that's probably exciting. Uh, but there's also just the confidence of being at a club is for all of our people. Yeah. For any comedian, they can experience that without being on it. You ever see that guy? That's what Sebastian is to me. Yeah. The guy that isn't on TV, he will be. And he has so many specials now, he is. You know what I'm saying? But there was a time, I don't even think, he, I, I just remember seeing him and being like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know when you meet like an operator? A guy that's just like, I'm very good at stand-up. Yeah. You, do you have any idea how impressive that, just that is? Yeah. Like, I saw Mulaney last night. Mulaney's TV show didn't succeed. Uh-huh. The guy goes up, and it's just sniper rifle shots into premises, blowing up like watermelons the whole night. Yeah. Just, like, accurate assassin shit. That's what, I mean, but that's Me and the, Quali close like Bethlehem and Nazareth. But dude like, dudes like you and Sebastian, guys, I, that's who I respect the most, because we're, we're going to work forever. Me and you, you me, me and Sebastian. Oh, I like that. No, we are. It's funny that you're, yeah. You're, I, I mean, that's the one thing, you know, Dom Herrera once said to me. Yeah. What's great about stand-up is yeah, you, can never, you can never get fired. You can't. You and I, look, there are guys, yeah. there are guys, there are rooms out there that you and I aren't aware of. What do you mean? That Jimmy Walker plays. Yeah. And some of these guys that are like 80. Right. And they circuits. still. Different circuits. Yeah. It's like, being a card, it's like being a card player. 
Like right now we're playing at Harrah's. Yeah. But maybe later. No, we're not playing at Harrah's. Well, we're well, playing Harris. MGM. Okay, MGM. I don't know the difference. The big one. What's Harrah's? Harrah's is a little smaller. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just named a casino. And then later maybe we'll play in the. Harrah's. <laughs> no, Harris is pretty big. We're playing some shitty, like, yeah, That's casino. Funny to use Harris right away, <laughs> yeah. right away. Yeah. Harris, yeah. Okay, yes, Harris. That's a shitty one. You're, uh, it is a bossless and self-driven. Mm-hmm. Like, if you enjoy, like, what it sounds like you enjoy mm-hmm. the cha- the inner challenge of these motherfuckers are telling me I can't do this. I'm going to find a way. And even doing a club for the first time, I'm not comfortable Thursday. And then Friday, you're, you're swinging out. Yeah. You're having fun. And the thing is, is that after Mad and when, she, like, I couldn't get auditions or anything like that. So I was just like, when I would do the road, some of them were terrible, but some of them were amazing. Like, I would go to Canada because Mad TV was big in Canada. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, they treated me like a star. Mm-hmm. Like, I just played there in, Van- like in Vancouver two weeks ago. And you, you add shows. You sell out all the shows. Really? And it's like that now here because of my podcast and stuff. So it's like, you know, it's, it's stand-up saved my fucking life because I have another friend who at that time were on TV shows. He had to get a job mm. at a hamburger stand after wow. being on two network TV shows. These are, the, these are the horror stories that we tell ourselves. That's like why Jay Leno doesn't touch his Tonight Show money. Yeah. You've heard that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, there is a certain fear. But with Stan- It's real. It's a real fear. It's a, it's a real thing. Yeah. It's a real It's thing. not fake. It's like, you know, I've seen dudes that were on billboards. They work at fucking Banana Republic or yeah. whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, what the fuck I happened? Saw, I saw one time I was on a flight in Elon. I don't think he'd mind me telling this. I was on a flight to New York. And it, I didn't. It was a first class flight, and Elon Gold, who I love, love him. He needs to do this podcast. He's so funny. Weird, I gotta get Elon on. So he walks by. See, I don't hate Elon, and I haven't had him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So he walks by, and, and he he's in like uh, the select seat or whatever. So right. he's not in first class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good leg room. But yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. the extra yeah. leg room yeah. seat, and he's walking in, and he goes, uh, "I had a show once. Enjoy it." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, oh man, I love it. Let me have my my moment in the first class seat." <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we. All live with that sort of like, but it's what we're talking about. Don't hold on to it yeah. too tight because it'll drive you crazy. It's the ring. Yeah. It's Lord of the Rings. Yeah. If you yeah. if you start believing, I fly first class, baby. Yeah, like then it then it hurts when you're in the extra leg. See when you let yeah, that's whatever. a great thing because you know when saying? you let it go like that, right? You have I to was, let it go. Running water. Yeah. It's running water. I did oddball, and I for some reason got coach, and everyone got first class. Mm. So that I had to be Montreal every year. Yeah, I had to walk that's by when you're really aware Tom Segura, Sebastian, everyone that's doing the show with me. Yes, and I'm in coach, and I was sitting there in coach laughing, and then all of them would bring back first class pillows <laughs> and blankets back there. I love this, and story. they made it into this we made is, it into a joke. I love it, and I I'm like this is exactly. We, where I am, and I love it. We made it into a joke, too, is beautiful. Yeah. Like comedians going like... They love me, and they wanted me to be happy, and, and they didn't want, and they wanted to also get laughs. I love that story. So Segura like, and those guys would throw pillows back there and, like, and peanuts, and it was so funny. Of course. And even the stewardess were laughing and stuff. Of so, yeah, course. I love it. Yeah. I think that's so funny. Somebody told me Conan does the same thing. Sometimes he'll fly... With uh, his public, we had the same publicist for a while, yeah. and he would say so. He'd be in coach, and Conan would be in first class, and Conan would just spend the whole flight coming back to coach, oh. being like, "What's up, buddy? They they they're giving us ice cream up there." <laughs> he's doing it. I love he's it. He's doing it as a I bit. Love it. So with Segura, yeah. But 
joke or no, you're still hanging out with me. Like you're Not still that, like the love that's comes love. through. The love comes through. That's pure fucking love right, right there right, dude right, right. that's not anything else but the guys what we started our conversation on yeah. are the guys in first class that aren't going back to their friends aren't yeah. rem- aren't sharing the peanuts yeah. and aren't paying back the peanuts you gave them god damn it yeah <laughs> why are they like that i, I wonder I, I don't you think it's got to be some sort of Is it upbringing sadness i was gonna say sadness because anger which is masking sadness that would be fame at first pete be honest felt good well, that's what I'm saying. It when people me... go, when people go, when rant, strangers walk up to you and go, "Hey, I'll how go, does that feel?" I'll go more in embarrassing. I'll, I'll, I'll concede that that feels nice. Yeah. And what's more embarrassing is what it's what I always wanted. Yeah. Letterman. Everybody knows this quote. I say it all the time. Letterman said he likes fame because it makes the world like a small town. So I go to a gas station in Appleton, Wisconsin. Great thing. But that's the way to enjoy it. He didn't say. Because I get the girls. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, and I got the cash. He went, I like it because when I, I'm telling you, when I'm in, I was just flying in Hawaii. And the guy at security was like, so here he is, a TSA agent. He's the guy that's supposed to be like, finish your fucking water. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was like, hey, I saw your special last night. We hugged. I'm hugging a TSA oh. agent. That's the world we all want to live yeah. in. That's that sort of. But then Spider-Man, great power, great responsibility. We can either be like, hey, thanks, fucko. And then I wand him. And, yeah. you know what I mean? Or you're happy and, and it feels like a small I don't town. ever want to be that other one. I know. But we have to fight it. This is Gollum. Gollum didn't want to become Gollum. He just wanted think, to hold I don't on think to the you, ring. I don't think you and I have to fight it. I, I think that the I first so. year I that I got it. I'm like, this is awesome. And then after that, it was like, oh, it's, it's, in, it's a sick disease. It can be. Yeah. And Absolutely. I don't want to – because you can die from it. I think it's – you have to make peace with it. I get flare-ups of my ego. and That's what we're talking about is yeah. your ego. And my ego will say ridiculous things. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm embarrassed to admit them. My ego – this is a fake example. But let's say I'm Tom Segura and you're Bobby Lee and you're in coach. My ego, I'll catch my ego. I haven't had this on. Yeah. Go like, oh, cool. I'm in, I'm in first class and Bobby's going to see. Right? <laughs> Some <laughs> ugly thought. I'm not, yeah, no, that's a yeah, fake yeah, example. I love it. It's a fake example. But it's real. Let's just be real. It's, it's definitely real yeah. in the sense that it gives because me it, thoughts like yeah, that. Yeah, but dude, that's the most realest thing I've ever heard anyone say. Because, Keeping let me it 100. Let, let me just say something right now. <laughs> yeah. You're, I've done that too, maybe. We all do that. Oh Nuns God. pouring cream in their coffee in the morning sometimes go like, my habit's cleaner than Julie's. And you know what it is? Here's how I combat it. I used to get mad at my ego, and I'd go like, shut up! You be grateful! Right? Yeah. And now I, I hear a thought like that, a nasty thought that I'm not proud of. I go, I love you, ego. Thank you for helping me in the ways that you do. But like, you gotta, you gotta I don't even say you gotta calm down. I just go, I love you, pal. Like, he's the guy, right? He's the guy that made me itchy that I had to do stand-up. He's the guy that protected me when I was a kid. This is Duncan Trussell shit. Yeah. Your ego is your bodyguard. When, when the world was just adults wow. at cocktail parties and you're scared, he was like, you're the king. One day they'll see. Come and join me on the big TV. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. he's yeah. the guy that's, that's coaching you. Yeah. And then when we become grown and we're trying to find equilibrium, he's still there. We still have this dragon animal inside of us that's like, Bobby Lee, you'll see us in the reclining seat. And I will recline into a full bed while he's eating cheaper snacks. Okay, I see you, buddy. 
I love you. That's the only way. It's Martin Luther King. The only way to cast out darkness is with light. If I go, fuck off, ego. He still, he feeds off of that. I go, love you, buddy. Thank you. Love you. Thanks for helping me. But also don't, I'm not, I'm not accepting that thought. I posted something the other day. Hit it. And so just so that I can make another comic feel bad. That's a good admission. Buddy, it. no, I'm going to join you. I love that admission. I want to talk about it. When I scroll through Facebook, you ever, I try not to. Yeah. I go, I catch myself going like, oh, just judgmental thoughts. Some old comedian that I started with and the flare up will be like, yeah. what an idiot. Because it's Birdman. Have you seen Birdman? Yeah, I love that movie. Birdman. I just met Michael Keaton. It was amazing. How? He was at a show of mine. This is the coolest thing what? that's ever happened. Wait, wait. Batman. Wait, wait. Michael Keaton paid money to see a Pete Holmes show? I, I, he came to see Jeff Garland and Associates or whatever it's called at Largo. Yeah. I was on the show and he came back. It, w- it was one of the coolest things that's oh ever happened. Oh, my God. I was backstage and they go, Michael Keaton I wants blown to him. come back? I tried. <laughs> I tried with charm. Yeah, I was like, maybe yeah. we could go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want it. Is he nice? He was the cool. I, Val was making fun of me because I did what you did to me at the beginning. I was like, his skin was like bright and clean. Yeah. He didn't look like worked on. He just looked fucking handsome healthy. and healthy. Yeah. And he was being just Michael Keatony enough to delight me. Yeah. You know, uh, well, uh, you know, I thought that what you did was really. I've never tried a Michael Ooh, Keaton impression. Get on! Just kind of like fun way of talking. Yeah, great. He kept it brief. He wasn't overly effusive. Yeah. He allowed me to be like, I'm a huge fan. That means so much. And he was gone into the night. I believe to meet Commissioner Gordon on the roof <laughs> of Gotham Police Department. Yeah. I'm not sure in a suit that doesn't allow him to turn his head. Yeah. But a cool car. Um, so Michael Keaton Birdman. That movie's about the ego. Listen to that. Yeah. And listen to what happens when we have head-on-head war with our ego. And that's what that movie's about. You shoot yourself in the head on stage. Um, spoiler. But that is the voice where he goes, they'll, they'll all see. He's, he's levitating, meditating at the beginning. Because that's how you feel when you're mainlining your ego. It's like, one day, they'll make another Birdman film. And you'll be king again. Wow. You know what I mean? That's the voice that we all have. We all have. Yeah. I don't care if you open your own donut shop in Sacramento or if you're hosting The Tonight Show. It's the human condition to feel that way. Sometimes. Somewhere in you. Yeah. It's a survival thing. It's, an, it's a survival it's thing. It's just the human, na- it's human nature. There's so not, what did you a- post? <laughs> Well, this is See, that's a powerful so movie to watch, by the way. It's funny because you – it's not even – it's a shitty post, but I started with somebody a long time ago, and I'm, I don't know why this is like a competitive thing, you know? Yeah. And so – Subtweeting? Yeah. So I just kind of post things to go, hey, I'm working. <laughs> Buddy. But isn't – I think that's one of the and things I feel guilty when I do it. about it. Well, you said you don't like doing, but we're 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 in the. You know what this is called? It's not malicious. I don't tag them in it or anything. Yeah. That it's just it's Buddy. a subconscious thing that I'm aware that I but do sometimes, and as, I hate it. As an artist, though, aren't you just feeling maybe a little bit more than let's just say like our dads and our dads' generation? Like we feel more. So you're doing what everybody does yeah. when you take a picture of your dinner. Isn't I would there? Ne- a, would I know. You, I know. Do you, have you ever done that? No. I, no. <laughs> like, I'm upset. Or this no. thing with the nails. I don't give a fuck. No. When girls go, look at I got a new thing. Fuck you and your fucking claws. But why do we get so upset? I think we see ourselves in it. If yeah. you post a photo of your meal, isn't there part of you that's like, my meal is better than yours. <laughs> Yes. My meal is better than yours. It's better than yours. Like when you see someone announcing a tour, yes, you have to promote the tour. And there's also like, my tour is better than yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, tour yeah. is better. Look at those cities. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. yeah. 
And that's and just something you know, we you know have to come to about terms with. You're aware of it. But that's what I'm saying. You're, you're doing what we're all doing. Yeah. But you're aware of it. And I'm that's aware the of first it. step. That is the first step to recovery. Because what we're doing, this is what no one does. It's Richard Rohr talks called shadow box. You know what the shadow is? We have our ego. We have our super ego. We have our id. And then there's something called the shadow. This is a Freudian idea. And your shadow is the part of you that's like fucking gross and weird and evil. And what most of us do, as we should, we learn to suppress our shadow. And I'm just talking about like that thing where you're like, I'll post this and everyone will see. Right? Shadow shit. The way to do he calls it shadow boxing. You have to get in there because that's your worst shit. And on the other side of your worst shit, potentially, is your best shit. If you can slay those dragons, this is what every movie is about, by the way. Mm-hmm. Iron Man builds the suit, and then he fights the thing, and then he meets the thing that's even scarier than the first thing. Will he do it? I talk about this all the time. You get the chills not because he saved the CGI Manhattan. You get the chills because we all have something inside of us that's trying to kill us from within. Wow. And it's the voice that goes like, you're blowing my mind right now, Pete. But what I'm saying is we need a little bit more honest discourse to go, I post. I just told you, if I was in first class, Bobby, and you were in coach, you're goddamn right I would go. I'd have a flare-up of a thought where I'm like, hey. Yeah. And the trick is, what do we do with that? You can ignore it. And say, I'm a good person. I didn't think that. Or you can go, I'm going to have tea with that fucking part of me. Because it's hurting and it's scared and it's flaring up for the same reasons toddlers and weird adults flare up. Bad behavior. How are we going to deal with it? Are we going to spank it? You're let let it right. Grow? The first thing is to be aware of it yes. and to acknowledge it. Yes. And also, I also want to forgive myself. Yes. I mean, for, for being human. That's what I'm saying. That's a exactly little, what you're saying. Give right yourself now. a little grace. Give yourself a little unconditional sometimes, love. Sometimes it bites you in the ass, though, huh? Which part? I was in a party once. <laughs> Look at you. I was in a party once. You're fun. And I was at Maria Menounos's. <laughs> He's Marie, talking Maria, to Katie. Maria Menounos. I look at Katie. Maria Menounos, right? She's like, I don't know what she does, but I was at her house. Is Whatever. she a comedian? No, she's on Access Hollywood. Mm. And so I was at her Christmas party. I don't know why I'm by. I know her, but I was. I, How did you get access to because that? Because I did piece a movie. Because I, I, I had a. Because I. <laughs> because I. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So I was like sitting there, like, I don't know anybody here. So I was talking to this nerd. He seemed like an editor. Oh my God. So he's like, So what do you do? I go, I do stand up, man. I'm killing it right now. Like, I was literally like toting my. Because I. You know, I felt so insecure at the party uh-huh. that I wanted to just build myself up in front of this editor. I understand. So for 30 minutes, I was like, yeah, I've been killed. Like, I do these 200-seat venues, and, like, I sell out. She's still- I get a door deal, and, like, I'm, like, fucking tooting my own horn. <laughs> and at the end of it, 30 minutes I go on, and I don't let him talk at all. He's just sitting there listening to me. He's editing. And I go, what's your name? And he goes, oh, my name is Josh Groban. And I go, oh, kill myself. Myself. 30 minutes of just talking about uh, you were you were bri- this is the Brian Regan bit talking about have you seen I Walked on the Moon no the bit is I talked about 30 minutes of that, that. I love it you know, I, yes. I, 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 I got in the car in my Prius yeah I'm driving car. away and I'm just going you fucking idiot what the fuck are you doing? You, yeah. you, you know, I, mean, I was beating myself up for it because right. it was really just embarrassing. But here we are in what I what everyone calls it's solidarity. It's like your story helps me make a little bit of peace <laughs> with the times. I don't. I, I recently I'm off the booze myself. It's, it's it's new. This is the first time we've actually talked about it on the podcast because I like talking about things after it's established. Like it feels good and i'm in it now not right like day one yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. off it's been months and i Good. love it congratulations I feel great. thank you very much 
And I know one of the reasons I wanted to like stop was a couple drink, Pete. Oh, he'll grab your arm and tell you some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like what you're saying, that's sort of like, I don't know if it would necessarily, I wouldn't articulate it exactly how you would, but what I like to do, give advice. Yeah. Pete, shut the, the fuck, fuck up. up. Yeah. Like, I learned it through life and through example, just like children absorb language and behavior, never with someone just directly. This is a great Natasha Leggero line about men having babies. They're like, I'd like to stack a baby up and just tell him everything I've learned. <laughs> it's not like I, a Robin Williams line. I wasn't the guy with the car keys up his butt, passed out on his car. Yeah. But I was the guy that would occasionally just spout off. And I didn't like that. Wow, I used to do th- tricks to my openers where I used my power <laughs> to like control them, and it w- I had to apologize too. I used to do this thing where this. I would go to my opener, I go, "Hey man, you have to say yabba dabba do ten times up front and not justify why you're saying it." That is hilarious. And you'd be like, oh, "I have to." You know what that seems like, though. <laughs> I, I'm not just being in a. If you were a guest telling me a headliner did that to you, yeah. I would say how horrible. Yeah. If you're the guy, I, I like I like seeing the perspective of the person I'm talking to. Yeah. So in that in that spirit, there is something kind of uh, paint the fence about it. I was listening to your stand up. Maybe I got Miyagi on the mind because you make a Mr. Miyagi joke. <laughs> but I always I love it. There's a paint the fence element where it's like. You want to be a you want to learn karate? Yeah. Paint the fence? Yeah. I say this all the time. That's what it is. And you go, you, just you want to be my own? Yeah. You, you just kind of nailed it. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. I don't feel as bad. <laughs> Welcome to the I'm I don't teaching feel them. As I'm bad teaching podcast. them. I'm teaching them. There is something kind of fun about it. It, it is a little bit. Well, I do this thing where I go, you can't go up on, when the, the, my feature is being announced, yeah. you can't go up on stage. What do you mean? They go, you have to wait, let the stage be uncomfortable, that's and then I'll let you so on. funny. So you'll see a featured you, stand back there go, can I go up now? Can I go up now? That's, because there's no, like, no one on stage. But you know what, what I know that people listening might not know yeah. is that stand-up is such a bloodbath mm-hmm. that what you're doing yes. is actually just kind of another thing. Like your, <laughs> your feature is already cutting his, his or her teeth Every night at open mics. Right. So, like, you're going, like, this is it, baby. The way of stand-up isn't around. It's through. And while I wouldn't do what you're saying, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Well, it's also, yeah, that's a good point. It's like they do 12 people in an open mic. Yeah, they're, they're not and as weak as they think Right. They so I'm, you know, some of them, like, Irvine, 500 seats, sold out. Yeah. So I go. Door you know, deal? Yeah, door, <laughs> door deal. So I go, you know, I'm going to give you the opportunity to have a great time. You're going to kill. Yeah. Because my audiences are great. But I let me have my fun. I understand. So that's what I do. You're like it's like a weird dad move. Yeah, it is. And I understand. Thank there's, you. There's a there's a there's a. On one hand, we're a species, comedians, and we go back and give Bobby a pillows and peanuts, and we break his balls and we laugh when I'm in first and you're in coach. And then there's also kind of like a, a club element to it, where we want to be tried by fire a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we want like this is why. A lot of times we don't like overnight sensations and stuff. We want the guys that cut their teeth and yeah. bleed. Like, have you ever, like, gained more respect? Like, I didn't – Ed Helms just did the podcast. I love Ed Helms. Oh, I didn't know he did stand-up because I'm a bad interviewer. <laughs> yeah. And when he did, I felt the light, bright peg come out of the socket and then I moved it up one because I was like, this isn't just some guy who's good-looking and charming and, and talented. He's also a guy who knows what it feels like to bomb. It feels like getting a hockey stick – to the gut, and he knows it, and I go, fucking it. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Tried by fire! Even Leslie Jones, I saw her at the comedy store for 15 years. Yeah. 
and couldn't could not get it together. And like she was so good. Yeah. Just something unique about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Energy wise. But and you would sit there and go, why hasn't this person? And they just kept showing up, right. showing up. She kept showing up, right? And I respect that. I remember a guy at the Boston. I probably said this before the Boston Comedy Club. He was an older guy, older black guy, and uh, I was barking. And he would hang out. That was his move. He'd That's a good hang move. out. Yeah. And he was there every night. And sometimes they would put him up. Yeah. They need somebody, and they'd put him up. It was rare. So it's not the, necessarily the most effective strategy, but he was like, I'm going to be here. And I remember they were like, um, they said at the end of the night, uh, thanks for being here. The guy's name was Gil. Thanks for being here. And he goes, uh, oh, y- y'all are going to get tired of seeing me. That's what he said. Yeah. I was like, that's that sort of – like, did you see The uh, the Disaster Artist? No, but I love the movie, The, the f- Room. So the funny thing about Tommy Wiseau, and no spoiler here, and one of the reasons you root for him – in the movie. It's about this guy who made the movie The Room, which yeah. is like kind of known as the worst movie ever made. So bad that it's good that it's like a comedy. Yeah. And it's the story of this guy. And in the movie, you'll see, no spoilers, there's something likable about him because he's just, let's do it. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Let's just make a movie. Yeah. And I was like, we ne- there's something we recognize in that, almost on a cellular level, that there have to be cells in our own bodies that are just like, there's some cells in us that are going like, I need to wait for the right nutrients and enzyme ratio. And there must be some cells in us that are just like, it's just a fucking party. Yeah. Grab another cell and make an arm. You know what I mean? And we respect it on like a primal level. I respect Even though it's that a not, lot. It's not wise. It's not informed. It's bold. It's, we'd use the word misguided, but you need a little bit of like, I'm going to do it. Who cares? But make, he did it. Make right. Let me say, what, if without the room, this is just another crazy European guy that you would run into on Hollywood Boulevard, right? Right, right. But he's one of those guys that just does make like things. Like in half of a Spider-Man outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What, yeah, are, you, what, what are you doing? happened to the top? Right. Or it's, he's just wearing the top and no bottoms? Yeah. Like, that's a weird dude. But he, he was like, let's do it. So you're right. That's why, like, I kind of respect any, like, even if I meet an amateur stand-up, like somebody who's only been doing it six months, I'm still kind of like light, bright, peg up. Good for you. Facing the dragon, shadow boxing, facing the fears. It's fucking hard, dude. And you're getting kicked in the nards. You must have got kicked in the nards. Oh my god, so many times. How did I you start? To... Where? A comedy store as a doorman. Really? Yeah, okay, you I worked that. the door in La Jolla for three years. The comedy door. And then I met Polly twice. <laughs> I made I that joke twice. I... Ah, okay. Polly Shore. Yeah. Polly Shore. He goes, dude, there's something weird about you. And then something I. Something weird about you. Yeah. And he, I opened for him in Vegas in 1997 or 98. He had seen you do stand up. Open mics in San Diego. He saw you doing open mics. Dude, I was an open mic or doorman. This is what I'm talking about. And one this day is the he just goes, inertia, Bobby. dude, I want you to open for me. And I'm like, okay. I didn't know what it meant. Yeah. And then I did through five minutes, three to five minutes in front of. Back then, it was like 4,000 people at the top of the Riv, and his mom was there, Mitzi. Whoa. And Mitzi walks up to me at the show, and I'm an open micer, and she goes, you're a regular at both my clubs. Whoa. And this is like a couple of years in, man. Wow. And I was just like, wow, I just got lucky. And then, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not ashamed of it. I opened for Mencia like a thousand times. I, yeah, I understand. Carlos people, Mencia. People. I mean, he, people, you can say what you want about him. You know? You know what I love about... Uh, it's stranger love. It's like, I don't really know that much about Mincy. I know there's joke theft. Yeah. And I know Rogan kind of took him down. Yeah. Appropriately. Like, appropriately, it's, it's hard. Yes. It, we have, as a species, we're very hard on our own. It's like ratting. You can't I, I rat. get in trouble for <laughs> saying that Carlos was nice to me. 
But this is what I'm saying. Yeah. Stranger love, like, like when I see Andy Dick, I'm happy to see him and I and I hug him. And I know there's a a huge contingent of people that wouldn't do that and are mad at him. And it's kind of interesting because I'm just kind of like it's stranger love. That's I w- barely know you, yeah. so I'll just be like, "What's up, man? Comedian? I just see comedian." Yeah, and also you can't take. I, okay, he's he's done some weird shit. Andy, of course, right? Of but course. you can also you can't take away news radio. You can't take away. The that's, Ben Stiller show. That's kind of what I'm saying. When I when I see him, I see a guy that was in a movie that I just watched. Why? And and if I stop and think about it, yeah, I get it. But you're saying, you're but, saying, don't throw that. But the- also, Carlos, I'm going to say this out loud, and this is the first time I've ever said this. Mm. I love him. Yeah. As a human he, being, he helped you. He helped me out a lot. I'm about to get. I don't want to get emotional. It's but okay. No, he helped me out a lot. Yeah. When I didn't have a car, he got me a car. And, you know, and I felt so bad when that shit happened because I knew he was stealing. Yeah. And I knew that they were fucking, you know, going after him. And I knew that I had to cut ties. Yeah. And that was hard, bro. I understand. And it broke his heart. Hmm. It broke Carlos's heart, dude. I, like, didn't call him for years, dude. Hmm. And a couple of months ago, I went to his house. The first time I have in 12 fucking years. And I brought my girlfriend. When was this? Like two or three months ago. Oh, wow. And he invited me to a barbecue, and I showed up, and I just pulled him aside, and I go, "Dude, I'm thank you for all your help. Mm. Without my, without him, I wouldn't have got. I'm, I'm with, I'm, C, I'm with CAA because of him. Yeah, he introduced me to Matt Blake. I don't so, want. I don't want to be too dramatic, but there is this idea of uh, unfair love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Meaning you're loving him unconditionally. Yeah. Meaning. A guy picks you up. You're, you're on the side of the road, yeah. and you're struggling. This is a metaphor. And you're starving. And you got your little sad suitcase. And a guy pulls up in a car, and he lets you in. And he takes you to the next town, and he helps your dream come true. Somewhere in the road trip, you find out stories about this guy. Can you just delete the whole it's file? It's so hard. I know. Yeah, it's difficult. It's so hard because it's like, here's what, I knew it was happening then. Mm. I have what no money. What did you think? I just thought to my because I was a Bill Hicks fan. Yeah, so you would see, some and of, so he would, you know, the, some of that like riot stuff was just so similar. Yeah, to the point where Bill Hicks was dead. Yeah, so I'm like, this is. This. Do you think that was the thinking? I heard him and see a story that he stole that Bill Cosby high mom bit, you know, the football yeah. thing, and someone. The story that I heard was that someone at Comedy Central was like, "This is a Bill Cosby bit," and he said. I don't care. That's that sounds like lore. Yeah, I, I think I would. You know what? I would back that up. You think that would be true? Here's a guy who grew up in Honduras. Mm-hmm. He came here when he was 17, and he had an HBO special by the time he was 21. Wow. <laughs> That's that says to me that no one can write that fast, and no one can get good that fast mm. without cheating. Hmm. I think he cheated a little bit, but can I just say this? In his defense, amazing performer. Yeah. He's so funny on stage. Right. He used to be. He used to destroy. <coughs> but and you think I, you, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so there was a dilemma. Like, here's a guy who's helping me immensely in my life. And I also know that there are things that are a little shady. Right. What do I do? Right. I shut my mouth. Right. For many years. Because it was self-preservational. You know, a lot of people in San Diego, especially where I started, think that I'm an opportunistic kind of a guy. And you know what? I am. 
Uh, aren't all comedians to a certain extent we have to deal with these sorts of things? Yeah. I will see a situation and I go, morally, how can you, can you live with this? And I, I went, at that time, I was like, I need to. Right. You think that... You didn't have the luxury to go, I'm only going to work with the most reputable. Or the, you, you did look the other way on a thing. But I, I, could, looked, I, could, I looked away. I looked away from some. I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this, but some of the things that like Mit, I heard about Mitzi, hmm. sure, you gotta go. Uh, but you go, you know, you good, you know, it's the comedy store, right, right. And and for some of my decisions that I made, it helped me, right. And now I'm I get spots at the store every fucking night. And it's the hottest club in L.A. Right, right, right. Because I chose sides. Right. You know, I made decisions that were like... You made a dirty, like a gritty, a gray area, difficult decision. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people have to make those kind of decisions. Yes. I'm sure a lot of people... This is shadow boxing. Harvey Weinstein. A, a lot of people knew his behavior, but it's like, I'll, I'll, I'm going to be in his movie. Well, you're, you're being like a tiny, you know, microcosm of, of a Harvey Weinstein yeah. situation. Yeah. Certainly that brought to light a lot of people doing something horrible, which is knowing that this is happening and going, but he produced my film. Right. Right? And you're saying, I know bad things about Carlos Mencia, and it sounds like Mitzi, but you needed you, – it's not the same. I, but it's, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's right. not the same. Right. But I'm not say- still, there are people that performed and did his movies. Right. That knew his behavior, right? But they did it because and it's going to help their career. And I, to me, it's like, what would I do? I don't know. But isn't it? I, I think maybe that's one of the reasons why stories like this are uncomfortable. We're talking about the shadow, is because we can see a potential for us. For example, we know children made our shoes. To make this like less specific, my shoes. I'm just saying I we know, know. sweatshops right, are a thing, right. and we go yes. But wow, I now love... we're diving into some crazy shit. I'm bro. actually trying to broaden it away yeah, from you because yeah. when we, I don't want people to mis- I don't, misunderstand. I, 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 this you're not misunderstanding. I know. I know exactly what I said. You don't have to do that. No, but, I but know. you keep doing it, but it's fine. <laughs> but I'm just saying. I'm trying to broaden it to yeah, everyone. Th- thank you. Yeah, for doing that. You're, that's why you're great. <laughs> but I know what I said. Yeah, and I'm. And I'm telling you something right now. I also know a lot of the good things I've done. Right. I know. I'm aware of it. I, you know, I've been sober 15 years. I'm so aware of my character defects right. and the decisions I've made. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I know what my heart is. Right. I know where I'm at. Right. So it's like you know, I did that. Right. I made those decisions. It's good. It's it's way better to look at them. This is what we're talking about: being on an honest and open. Instead of going, I'm a good person. That didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, you could just as easily be do- – and you know what? Val and I were just talking about this. Booze is the fuel of the self-deception mu- uh, machine. It's one of the fuels. Mm. Meaning you get drunk enough and you do it enough. You don't need booze to do it, but it can help. You start going like, I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, see, I don't know, man. It's kind of similar because that's, that's that ego guy going like, I didn't know. You can't prove that I knew. You know what I mean? And, and you're going, it's actually pretty brave to just go like, fuck it, man. I did something that was a little bit strange, but I needed to do my thing. And we're talking about <sighs> joke theft. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about joke theft. Yeah. Which does, Which you know, still, it hurts people's careers. It does help can, hurt people's careers, but it's I'm, definitely a nasty I'm always, business. I'm always, if, if Mencia stole your joke, if you're going to make it, you're going to make it. That's interesting. 
I do believe that. I believe that there's no way to see you. Let's see, he's still ten minutes from you. Mm. It's awful. It's criminal. I don't. Be- I don't support it. But you know, it's interesting. But Pete Holmes is still going to make it. What's interesting, though, and what we can the X factor in this equation that we can never really count for is what is the producer at Mad TV moment. And I'm not trying to make light of your relapse, mm-hmm. um, but we don't. We can't account for how sensitive people are. Meaning, it might be to you or me an overreaction if someone gets ten minutes stolen and they quit. But sometimes, if someone does that to you, that vi- I'm stealing ten minutes. That violation, given your psyche, your upbringing, your temperament, your levels of whatever, might be enough to make you go like, well, fuck this world. You're I'm right. I'm quitting. You're right. No, but you're on. All- no, 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 no. You know what? Listen, you know what, though? I'm, hey, bro, I'm here to grow. <laughs> I'm here to grow, and I, I can, listen, I'm here to learn. What's tricky, Bobby, though, is the attitude you're representing yeah. is a good one. There, we, have so, all, we have entire Taylor Swift albums that are dedicated to the idea of you can knock me down, but you can't make me quit. Yeah. That is part of the human spirit as well, and it's typically a celebrated one. So we can, be, we can meet in the middle of these two ideas. Nobody mm. going to break them astride on one side. And yes, some people are very fragile, and it's one producer that makes them do drugs, dude, or it's I'm one... Saying, I wanna, let me just say this right now. Hit okay? it. Yeah, I want to hear. Show business isn't the most talented. Show business, the people that make it, are the ones that can handle and perform under pressure. Interesting. Yeah, I okay. understand that. I've done movies. I've been in movies where I had to do... I was in The Dictator, and I had a scene with Ben St- uh, Kingsley. Wow. Right? Wow. It was a short scene, but I had just gotten the lines right, th- right then. There are I- no short scenes, only short actors. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> but I remember going, like, I'm so nervous right now. And I, it could have gone either way. But it did. It was fine, right? My point, though, is is that so it's a lot of these guys that quit. Saying, that quit. Yeah. Are we going to quit anyway? Mm. You know, guys like you and I, we can we can with we can withstand a lot of negative things, right. and 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 we can and turmoil, and we can get through it. That it's the strength, certain... the strength yeah. to make it. So somebody that quits because. Someone stole 10 minutes, was never going to make it in the first place. That's interesting. I just as a, we're just talking about it. Yeah. I wonder if there are some temperaments that are a little bit different. Because, yes, strength is great and tenacity is great and stick to itiveness and all these kind of things that Captain America basically represents. Yeah. When Iron Man beats him up and he stands <laughs> up again and goes, I could do this all day. And we all cheer because that's like an American virtue. Like, yes, we don't quit. I w- there have to be. I can't think of any because I don't know anybody this deeply that maybe fits this example right off the dome. But there have to be people that are a little bit more sensitive, sounds like judgmental, but fragile, meaning geniuses. Let's go through the history of comedians. Did anybody sure. seem like that they were maybe a little bit like, I can't have someone kick me in the teeth and keep going, but they're geniuses? I know a lot of guys in my personal life that I started as a stand-up with stand-up mm-hmm. and that were way more talented than me. Yeah, you're they saying- were better joke writers. They yeah. were better performers. Yeah. But they just couldn't Walk- deal with the years the walking through the of rejection. Yes, yes, yes. They're like, I want – I need it's to have a, a mix family. Of several th- yes, it's a mix of several things. How good are you starving? Can yes. you star- – literally sometimes. And can you starve? I don't have a wife. I don't have a family. I don't have a house. 
It's the Orny Adams speech at Stand Up New York where he's like, all of my friends are stockbrokers and I, I'm, a, I'm a comedian. So can you deal with that pain? Can you deal with the rejection, the constant rejection, the doubt, the fear? This is what one of the things I want Crashing to be about is, is like these unseen yeah. sides of stand up. Yeah. Uh, mostly unseen. We sure talk about them on podcasts. Well, David Letterman <laughs> said, this is what David Letterman What if you went, being famous makes the world like a small town? Like, <laughs> yeah. Bobby. But no, but he also said that. When young people that don't do stand-up but want to do stand-up walk up to him and go, do you think I should do stand-up? He always says no. Mm. Because he says that the ones that are going to do it are going to do it anyway. They have to do it. Right. So even if he says no, someone like Bill Hicks would, will do it anyway. Right. And Bill Hicks probably wouldn't have asked. What? Probably wouldn't have asked, should I do stand-up? You know what I mean? I like the word compulsion. Yeah. And I, I was just talking to Valerie my wife and I love her to death and she's one of the things that she struggles with is that she does she has these things that she does she's got a beautiful voice beautiful musician pianist ukuleleist whatever it might be um, but she doesn't necessarily need to perform in front of crowds like she's not like I have to do this and so she's like I look at what you do and it was so brave or whatever and I'm like what, what we don't know is going to an open mic and performing and Starting out on the path that we started out on all those years ago, Bobby. We looked down, we're drinking tea. All those years ago. Was brave. Yes, that's part of the story. It was also a need. Yeah. I knew what it felt like to get laughs at parties and stuff. Birthday parties, put my face in the cake, all that shit. So I got these little free tastes, like a drug dealer. These little, the first one's free. And then I was brave, but it was to get something that I knew the dragon in my belly Feed Miss Seymour. Yeah. Needed. So, yeah, you could, I, we could sit in a rocking chair and tell our grandchildren how brave we were. But the truth was, we were after something that we were kind of desperate without. It was my life. Yeah. I did it to change my life. Yeah. Dude, I'm unfuckable. <laughs> You're unfuckable? Yeah. What do you I mean, mean b- before, when I was 23, I never got laid. <laughs> I thought, I was I like, had what no, does it I, had mean? No, I didn't go to college. I had no future. I was unfuckable. I, I, I had nothing. Mm. No friends. Mm. And I was just like, I, I need to change mm. my situation. And that's what stand-up did for me. I did it. Six months later, this, it was amazing. I was at the comedy store. Mm. And some beautiful white girl with blue eyes walks up to me and she goes, Hi. Hi. Because you were really funny. I go, oh, thanks. She goes, you want to come to my place? Really? I go, what? And the next thing you know, I'm like 69 or in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, I was like in, she lived in Oceanside. And she, we were in her closet. She lived with her mom. And I remember just 69 and going, this is amazing. Were you standing up? Were you holding her like a ladder? No, I think I, I, think <laughs> I was like on top, which is weird for 69. <laughs> You know, she was much bigger than me, taller. <laughs> but I mean, I remember. Why did you go in the closet? <laughs> because her mom was home, and like it was weird. And you, she didn't. But my want her point, though, dude, to, that had never happened before. To mute Jeopardy, that, that sounds that like a sixty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the man's on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're saying it, it helped you with that? Yeah, everything. Yeah, everything I have. Well, that's because what, I made that one choice. Yeah. To go, I'm going to go up on stage. Yeah. And it's the scariest decision 
you can ever fucking make. Well, talk about jeans. You're trying to show some uniqueness, some specialness. That's what we're all doing, either by wearing an expensive watch or telling dick jokes yeah. or, what, or, or being an architect or knitting your own sweaters. We're all trying to go around and go like, I'm special, I'm unique. We are lucky in that shy people, I'm not the most like, hey, I'm at the party. Yeah. But I can get on stage, and that's where you've shown. I always thought you were people, cool. You thought I was a cool oh, guy. Dude, I saw you at the improv once, and I go, oh, my God, that guy's cool. <laughs> Must have been my jacket. No, there was because you're tall, but you kind of have like That's a Nick Drakey kind of like, ah, you know what I mean? Coolness about you. you I know? forget that people see height. Uh, this sounds real. It sounds like false yeah. humility. I forget that people think height is a thing. I, w- I was at a party and I was standing next a Hollywood party. I was standing next to a very, very, I won't say who it was, but a notoriously sexy man. And we're just talking. And then he walked away. And my friend came up to me and he was like, You made. Blah blah blue blah blah. Look really short, and, he, and we were like, "Do wow. you think that's why he walked away?" Because wow. like next to me he was like, "I'm on movies." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I like the movies at the Nickelodeon. Do you get Do you get intimidated by Judd? Judd Apatow? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. At, at first, but he. Uh, this is going to sound also just kind of false. I hope not. But he's such a guy. Yeah. It was just his birthday. And I said, 50th birthday. And I was like, congratulations on being 50, but bigger congratulations on remaining a 15-year-old inside, knocking jokes and eating grilled cheese sandwiches. Because his spirit really is, this dude has a lot of success and and cash. (laughs) But he he changed my career. Yeah, I know. Love and everything. He loves you. I know he does. But I'm just telling you right now. Tell me the story. That if at the end of the day, Mm. I think I would be like, he's like one of those guys like Mitzi Mm -hmm. who really kind of altered my situation. Yeah. Because the sitcom I'm on now Mm -hmm. was because of love. Of course. And it just, everything bounces off of that. It's such a weird business i guess in that way it's good when you're if you're one of the plinko chips going in the thing it's great if you're one of the plinko chips to the side going how do i get used in the thing but you are bouncing from the thing to thing is what i'm saying but of course people see you but this is you rolling in the vcr cart okay yeah oh he's so lucky he got to roll in the vcr cart three times four times five times but yeah but when you hit play the shit on the screen is funny that's the difference it's not it's both. It's not just stick to and like, I'm going to, sp- I will survive shit. Being, I mean, it's also hitting play. And I mean, I was working mess. before. I, tried, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I had shit I had been, yeah, I've yeah, done. Yeah. I've been on sitcoms. But this, but now you're this feeling- last year and a half, everything's happened with no audition. Yeah, dog. Like, I got a fucking network show. You're just Bob- They were like, you want to do it? And I'm Bobby like, Lee what? Talk. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, because Dean Holland from Love uh-huh. was like, Went up to, you know, ABC and they said, this is who we want. And they know you can do it. And they know I can do it. And then, like, I did this thing with James Vanderbeek on Vice. That was offer. I mean, just, things were just kind of happening. Vanderbeek? Where I didn't have to wait in line and, like, audition a thousand times. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's walking into the improv yeah. instead of asking yeah. for the open mic info. Yeah, that's awesome. And Judd played a big part. Huge. I, I love, love that guy. Well, yeah, and obviously, I don't have to say it, but obviously, he changed my life and yeah. is amazing. And he, don't you find in your time with him that he is just, he, he feels like another comedian guy? Not, not only that, he seems just so, he's so warm. He's never said babe in his life. Yeah. Trust me, babe. He actually, when Trump won yeah. that night, I, he was the first guy I ran into at the comedy store. Oh, wow. And he, I, he 
And when I saw him, I mean, I hugged him, and I was just like, and we didn't say anything, but it was almost as if we had witnessed a train wreck. Mm-hmm. Like we had witnessed a thousand people, a thousand people dying. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like to oh, me. Oh, I edited with him the next morning, and it was somber, yeah, to say the least. You don't talk about it. You just kind of go, "That happened." I know. Wow. We were still very much in shock at that point. Yeah. We were like, well, I thought everybody told it was like 9 11 in the sense that everybody told the story of how they saw it. Like, I just got up because what I did, I went to bed early that night because I had a weird bad feeling and I left a party. Then I got up in the middle of the night and turned on the computer, saw, and then just didn't go back to bed. It was the worst. Yeah. And I'm not even, I, everybody says, I'm not a political person. This, is, this transcends politics. I think it does. <laughs> obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, but he, he feels that stuff. Big heart, really. Enjoys helping people, yeah. especially talented people that you know that he that make him laugh. Because I think at the end of the day, he's looking for the laughs. Uh, no, you I know think, what I mean. Yeah, he wants to laugh. And you ever get a glimpse of how comedy is kind of beautiful? This is very self-serving, but it is beautiful. When I went to see, like I said, I saw Mulaney, and I'm what is it called? Uh, God roll. When when you when you bend over yeah. laughing, yeah, like I'm buckling, I'm buckling, oh laughing, my. crying, yeah, like a lot. And I was like, this is what it can be? Like in the audience. And I did have a moment where I was like, I've gotten laughs like that. This is, what th- this is how they feel. Yeah. And I was like, wow. It's like I, a therapy. I saw Brian Holtzman. He's not big, but like he was just, he's sometimes hit and miss, but he was so funny that last Saturday night. Mm. I was on the ground on my knees. Mm. Couldn't breathe. Yes. And you know what? I love that, man. Yeah. I love that I can. Yeah. Still get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened? You started doing drugs when you were 12? 12 or 13, What's yeah. going on there? That's my question. I, when I was eight or nine, I was molested by a guy with Down syndrome. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> you want to, you're looking at me like, why aren't you laughing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that happened look. like for a whole summer. Really? Yeah, and then um, my parents Older were... Older guy? I don't know how. I'm fucking eight. Yeah. How old, old are you, buddy? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, <laughs> you know, I you know what I mean? Let me stick my question. fingers in your butthole or whatever. Is you know that what, I mean? what it was? Yeah, like, stuff like he that. He was having you He do was a things. weird dude. But he had candy. It was weird. But anyway, um, and then my dad was an alcoholic and he was like, he's very Korean and very, um, and I was never like, I was born weird. I just never got good grades. I just never followed the rules. I was, you know, followed the rules. And you didn't follow no. them. No. Yeah. I just couldn't get it together. And but I mean, the molestation had to. Did that chain? Like, did it? I say it didn't. I say it didn't. You felt? I felt like it didn't. Yeah. I still feel that way. I feel that because it happened. Okay, so it happened. I guess in the neighborhood, and then he would lure kids into this like shack that he lived in because he was the guy. You know, in Minnesota, I lived in Minnesota, mm. and there was an open field. And during the summers, there was a shack where the zamboni was. He took care of, like, maintained the lawn. Mm-hmm. And he also, like, so he lived there in this shack. It was weird. Mm. And on these rafters, he had this candy. And so kids would walk in there and he would, like, he wouldn't jerk you off, but he would be like, let me see, look at my penis and stuff like that. Yeah. And touch it, you know? Mm. And I went there every day for, like, three summers in a row because I wanted that candy so fucking bad. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was like, knock, knock, knock. And I would, like, I... It's so funny. It's, it, it, it's related to my drug addiction because I'm willing to do anything to my body for the just f- so I can get the fix. The good feeling. Yeah, yeah. So you can do anything you want to me. I don't care. I'm not even trying to be funny. And I'm not, what, being, fu- what, I'm not being funny. Yeah, right with, with this question. Yeah. 
what candies were <laughs> really the ones that my parents wouldn't give me. Like the dip, I know like, it sounds like a like joke. Dipstick, I'm like, literally my, like, yeah, I need my help. parents would not give me the dipstick ones. So like, yeah, the fun dip, the yep. fun dip. Yep. Because when you say drug, I started thinking fun dips, like the harder. Yeah, candies. no, the, yeah, that was really hardly sugary yeah, kind right, of candies right, right, right. that my parents would never get me. They right. would get me like weird Korean candies that would dissolve in your mouth every right. ten seconds. Yeah, right, so, right. So I was like, I want the American dipping. So no, sorry. it's not that sad. Tell me why. Because um, number one. I mean, in just retrospect, it's I still lived a great life. I understand. I have friends that suffered abuse right. and rape, and when my so mom, I, I don't want you to feel like other, and I, I didn't change how I look at you. My mom, one, but my, it is still kind of sad. No, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why it wasn't sad. <laughs> okay, buddy. Because even before that, I knew what happened to my mom. When my mom was in Korea, she grew up during the Korean War, mm-hmm. and they, my par- my grandparents lived on a mountaintop. It was like a dirt hill that ran down this mountaintop, mm-hmm. right? And they would have to walk to school. And I had like eight uncles and aunts. My mom was the second youngest. Her job was to walk her sister to work uh, to to school. Mm-hmm. One morning, they were walking down this windy hill. This is during the Korean War, and my mom goes, "I forgot my book." Or something. Mm-hmm. I need to go back. Stay here. My mom got the book. As she walked back down, her sister had been hit by a, a military truck. Mm. And half her body was split open. Like one end of the street, the other end of the street. There was no ambulance back then. So my mom ran back up the hill like, you know, she died. And so my uncle took a rice bag and ran down this thing to pick up her body. Right, my mom had nightmares for the rest of her life. Obviously, mm-hmm. she saw the you know, ghosts of her, her of my aunt, you know, and those kind of stories were so instilled in me mm-hmm. at a young age that, like, oh, I'm getting this guy. I'm sticking my finger in this guy's asshole. Who gives a fuck? I hear that. Okay, my counter argument to that. Yeah, and that's so sad. <laughs> it is sad. Uh, okay, so we can agree that's sad. <laughs> The the counter argument, and we make this point a lot on the podcast, yeah. so it's not just to you. Yeah. Our shit is our shit, and there's always going right. to be somebody. I know. Was. Maybe I haven't dealt with it. I no, don't know. I, and, and it's not the point of the podcast is to get you to do it. I know. It. What are you doing, <laughs> asshole? <laughs> but, you did, but you know, I just grew up in a house where where we did the same thing. I was like, oh man, I, something vague. Uh, it's I. <laughs> I didn't know how to say it, but I was like, I feel like I need to put up boundaries with my mother. And that was like dramatic to me. Yeah. And I know that there were people that were being molested and watched their sisters die and all this stuff. Unfortunately, it's a it's a it's a part of our self-centeredness. We're the stars of our own movies, we're stuck in our bodies. Mm. We're, it's the book is about us. Your shit is your shit. And, yeah. and and it can feel this is why like when kids freak out, like children freak out because they left a stuffed animal at a restaurant and you're four hours away now. This happened to me. When you're freaking out, the compassionate parent, first of all, you can be you can be appropriate, I suppose, whatever that means. But you can also have the compassion because to that kid in that moment, mm. he doesn't or she doesn't know that it's really not a big deal. You can't explain Yeah, that. you're right. It was maybe at the time, but if you look at your life, like I, I kind of look at my life and I go, I feel like these events needed to happen for me to get to a place where I needed to do stand-up. 
I understand that. Okay, I don't know. You, I might have had a great upbringing and nothing happened, and I still would have done stand-up, but, but I don't think so. It's funny, man, because you've done this twice now, at the beginning and now here, where I've seen you see suffering and then see through it a little bit. Yeah. And, I, and I, we can hold both ideas in our head. One, that it's sad. Yeah. And two, that the, my parents' fighting or the boundarylessness with my family or whatever it was, my wife leaving, these things, by the way, compared to all the stories you just told to agree with your kind of feeling, are nothing. But they built the launch pad from which my rocket took off. Yeah. And, and that rocket, by the way, I don't mean show business. I mean internal peace. Everything. I mean equanimity sure. and success. Whatever that means to everybody listening is involved in this analogy is my mm-hmm. point. So that's very interesting. We can have an appreciation. There's a – oh, I'm going to get very Christian here. But there's a quote. I always forget who says it. First comes the fall. Then comes the recovery from the fall. Both are the mercy of God. Mm. And it's this appreciation that both – it's all in the game. Yeah. I guess what we're also discovering, I hope together, is even though we can have I – can, I can say, geez, if my wife hadn't let me, I, I might be living in Terrytown right now with two children. Yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe I'd just be like a funny guy in an office, and that's just a different life. And boy, that life makes me want to burn the, the, <laughs> the fucking rainforest down. Yeah. Like it just upsets me. I love the rainforest. Anyway, <laughs> I feel sensitive that I put down the rainforest. <laughs> but so I can have appreciation that, that my uh, – sorry, no. my divorce – launched me and the more i do it somebody texted me something about my ex-wife and it like upset me and i was like oh i still have weird unresolved feelings Mm. about something as cosmically mild as a divorce so we can do both we can do both but that stuff put in you the, the it led to the drugs i can understand why i i i know i i'm i'm in the belief that you're born with it the addiction. Yeah. The addictive gene. I believe that if I look at my, pa- my parents, like my background, like half my uncles and aunts are alcoholic mm-hmm. through the history of, you know, the generations of it. Mm-hmm. And I believe that when I was born, I was born with the disease because my brother and I were both, are both recovering. Mm-hmm. My brother was a goody two-shoes, never did drugs, straight A's, Christian, wrestling star mm. at a school. Mm. And then in his 20s, he became a drug addict. Really? Yeah. It, it, it just, he just fell. Huh. And so, I, but we were both born with it. For me, it happened quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Um, what was the first time? My parents have... Uh, my dad's an alcoholic, but he's... You know, Koreans are a lot of them that are, like, functioning. They go to... They do their business, and then at home, they come home, and they um, they drink. Yeah. And my, my dad drank so much that he had a refrigerator in the garage that my mom constantly stocked. Wow. With beer and other liquors. Wow. And I, you could go back there and, and have eight of your friends drink as much as they want. They would never notice. Get That's how much my dad drank. The fuck out. That's so bad. it was like a plethora of... <laughs> would you say I have a plethora? <laughs> I learned that uh, word from that movie. Three of me? Three of me. <laughs> I feel guilty even saying it now. Ah, we're the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I learned that word. Of course we from, did. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, and my dad was violent. My dad was my. I remember. This is another dark. You're gonna think this is dark, but um. No, no, no. I'll I'll, I'll go easy. Just be, on, just be be nice about it. I'll go easy on you. Smile when I say tell you the story. I'll, I'm gonna go. To Will that. you smile after I tell you the story? I promise. Okay, you promise? Yes. So one night, my brother and I used to share the same room when we were living in Minnesota, and at three in the morning, I get awoken by my mom, mm. and I remember she walking in. She's crying, 
and she opens her mouth, and she's teeth are missing. Wow. And there's a smile. Is this where I smile? <laughs> yeah, smile. <laughs> yeah, good. And I remember my brother and I and my mom, we tried to barricade the door because my dad was drunk. Oh, no. Right? And I remember just the horror of it. I'm still smiling. Yeah, I, went I, smiling I made too. a promise. I hear that. Okay. Yeah. So this is not a safe world. You did not grow up in a safe but world. But still, but still, can I say this? Mm-hmm. And this, I love my parents so much. They're living. Oh, yeah. And my dad, this is, my dad a couple years ago had a stroke. Hmm. A massive one. Where he, they thought he was going to die. Mm-hmm. My brother and I, my brother lives right, right, here, right here on Orange. Hmm. And my brother and I got in my car and we just drove to Phoenix. That's where they live. Whoa. And my dad was on, in the hospital and he was like, he was, God, I'd never seen him like this. Hmm. He was just couldn't talk and he was arching his back hmm. and he was tears coming down his face. My brother and I collapsed. Hmm. And my dad said in Korean, I'm so glad I made both of you. Yeah. You know, and my brother and I started crying. I mean, and you know what? At that moment, I just realized there's love. It, at the end of the day... You gave him stranger love. I gave him stranger love. No, but I do love him. No, I know. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. You found your yeah, way my, my way in. Unconditional. I, yes. Because he did the best he could right. with what he had. Yep. My dad was a street kid in That's Korea the, during the Korean War. He had yeah. no, he had to work at nine. Right, right. Um, my mom, the things that she went through. Nine a.m. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you 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 put all those that stuff in the in the context, and you yeah. go, you know, this is it. And I and but at the end of the day, now when I go visit my parents, it's like pure love, compassion. It's compassion. Love. My dad says all the time, "I'm so sorry." That I did this. I'm so sorry. Like he is, he literally makes amends. Your dad has t- done Rickles doing a race <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He puts on the eyeliner, <laughs> yellow makeup. It's great. But <laughs> yeah, he goes. That's done. so sweet. Yeah, and uh, I'm so sorry. And 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 it's, and you know what? At the end of the day, fuck it. I, I My life it. is great. I get it. I get it. You're yeah. seeing. You're zoomed out, is what you are, and I think that's you're a wonderful out thing. Too. You know what I mean? You're seeing the big, yeah, I am. The, the the kind of the cosmic picture. It's not easy to do, and and we're never to ask people to do it while they're suffering. I'd like to be clear about that, but sometimes we can get a little bit of distance, and that can give us a little bit of peace. Yeah, and like I said, it's like I'm, I dude. It's like literally when I'm, like, like this week I was on NCIS, mm-hmm. and I had the scene where I had like a machine gun. And me and LL Cool J and Chris O'Donnell are like in the forest, walking out of the forest. Because I play a CIA agent, mm-hmm. and it's the the rain is so cold. Right? Did anyone make the joke CIA agent? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> they should have. <laughs> but it's like in my and then you get get this real like this is so fucking weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I started doing open mics, right, in front of nobody. It's like in Master San Diego. of None. If we could right. zoom past, and, and now I'm in a forest, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, with these two guys, and this is like the greatest thing, right. That I could ever experience. Right. And you're being there. I'm you're there. Not, I'm grateful and yeah. I'm present. You're not in the muck all the time of, you could be in the muck. No, I'm free, it. dude. <laughs> I'm fucking free of it. I really am. All that stuff in the past, dude, is my past. And it made me who I am. And I'm fucking free like a bird, dude. Hit it. All right? <laughs> we get to make a living doing this. This is amazing. I know. You know what you sound like? And this is a compliment. You sound like someone who had a near-death experience. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. You know when people come back from something deeply traumatic and they're like, who cares? I'm in coach, baby. You know, like that's that's the perspective we don't want to lose. All that shit of like not working for years and and all all my past, the abuse, the molestation, all that stuff, dude. It was painful or whatnot, the drug addiction. But at the end of the day, I'm alive, right? And I'm like happy I can – you know, the other day I'm like, hey, I'm going to eat uh, sushi. Mm-hmm. Just on a whim. People, some people have to have to make a schedule it. Yeah. In six months, we're going to, in our anniversary, we're going to eat sushi. Yeah. I went to the, I spent, dropped 300 bucks on this fancy sushi. Yeah. Just on a fucking whim. Sugarfish? No. Because I'll, place... I'll break veganism for sugarfish sometimes. Really? Oh, sure. What is that like, though? You don't eat anything? Uh, that's what a boring topic after all this. <laughs> <laughs> the most interesting story, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we close yeah, with yeah, yeah. why I like beans. Can I plug some stuff? You sure may. I and I would love Pete if you can. I would love you on my podcast. What's it called? It's called Tiger Belly. I can't. It's weird because I just did like an hour and a half. I feel like thirty minutes. I'm joking. You're gonna do it. I, I the joke I know, was whatever what, the name was. I was gonna say. I, I, I can't know. Do it I was kidding. I know you're gonna do it. I, yeah. I know you're make, doing a bit. Yes. You know. And when they plot, and we've had bigger people than you in it. Oh, so it's like weird. I think it's so funny. I'm not just saying that. Yeah, I, yeah. When you when I make that joke, it's not. I'm a big deal. It's I know just you, me you, fucking. I know you are. But I, I think we've uncovered that. We have uncovered <laughs> discovered it. It's called Tiger Belly. It's on all things comedy. And um, if if you want, in March, um, my sitcom comes out. It's called Splitting Up Together, and it's with me, Oliver Hudson, and good title. Uh, Jenna Fisher. Good title. Good cast. Yeah, it's a good, really good cast. Ellen DeGeneres produces it, and it's. Uh, I'm just grateful to be on it, man. It's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So plugging that, and then uh, we didn't even talk about God. We will. You know what, dude? Huh. Let me say something right now. Yeah. I don't want this to be the end of us. <laughs> You know, I'm not saying that I'm going to be, be on this right away, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that doing... I know that in about six months from now, you and I will re-meet, regroup, <laughs> and, and we'll, we'll talk kill it only again. about God. You know, but my point is, is this, okay? Sometimes less is more. <laughs> I finally hear that message. This is a long-ass <laughs> podcast every week, and finally I'm like... Wait, how long do you do usually? Two is normal. Really? You, you've been two. That's insane. This is, yeah, two hours. We do one hour and that's it. Can I ask why? Because it's like, um, we do it every week. You do it every week? It's every week. Yeah. Because sometimes it's just us. We don't have a guest all the time. I hear that. But and, what I mean is, why not go long if you want to? We sometimes do. We have, I think um, our record is like an hour and 45 minutes. Okay. But two hours is great. That's one by I, fast. There's a lot of people who are in the podcast should be an hour group. And I get it. But I find your second hour, for example, look at your first hour and look at your second hour. Right. Second hour, you're crying. Yeah. I mean that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. You're open. Yeah. How many times in the second hour did you say, I can't believe I'm saying this? That second hour you're shit. You're fucking Morpheus. White Morpheus <laughs> here, man. He's trying to fucking blow my mind right now. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of like you're like, uh, you know how people go to the Landmark Forum? Sure. You know what that is? What, it's a movie theater. No, there's a... The landmark forum. The landmark theater. <laughs> no, is it the landmark theater or that thing that Leonardo DiCaprio used to I'm do? I'm embarrassed. Landmark like theater is like a thing. The forum. I think they call it the forum. Oh, it's like a church, like a churchy thing. Churchy. But what they do is that you don't eat, sleep, and then like 16th hour you start crying and revealing things about yourself. Is it acting? 
No, it's an actual like a self help kind of a group. Interesting. Yeah, and then they had a squirrel group called Life Spring that Paulie went to. Hmm. I would. I don't do that stuff. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> no, I read Deepak Chopra and shit like that, and then like you know. Oh, so you're into? I like, want to talk about one. The next time I'm on here, we'll do it. I have a story about Deepak Chopra. Really? Yeah, it was you, amazing. I gotta hear it. No, just do it. Uh uh-uh. uh We gotta. All right. You don't have to. I will. Let's just, <laughs> you know, we just, you know, I mean, I'd love to hear it. So this is basically, so before I got Mad TV, and when I was sober, yes. okay, and before any, I was living with nine people in Silver Lake, okay? <laughs> and I was living with like Wee Man sometimes would live there, a bunch of skateboarders. Is it weird that I was picturing Wee Man before you said he was <laughs> It is like, weird. I'm just like, you got a cool <laughs> life. But I remember like not being able to eat yeah. with a bunch of skaters. And and I was I'd get so stressed out I would get boils on my face mm. like big ass pussy boils mm-hmm. because I just couldn't eat and couldn't get any money and I wasn't getting a lot of spots mm. and then one day I was at the comedy store and this guy named Jason Glern I don't know if you know him he's a stand up and he said hey bro Deepak Chopra there's a cool article in Rolling Stones just out of nowhere I go fuck that guy just because I didn't know who he was. I'm sh- I'm pretty sure you should read it. So I read the article, and then I and then I was at the La Jolla Comedy Store emceeing. I was on stage. This is crazy. I was on stage, and I looked down, and there's this girl in the front row. Her name is Katie, and I used to wait tables with her. Hmm. And just you know, I'm hosting, so I go, "Oh fuck, Katie!" She goes, "Hi," and I go, "What do you do?" She goes, "Oh, I work for Deepak Chopra." Get. Literally three or four days after Jason brought that up. Could you hand me that Jordan Peele movie? Because get out. (laughs) (laughs) It's not over. It's not over. I hope not. It's not over. It's already good. It's not over yet. But I I just keep going. So then he goes, she goes, come to the Deepak Chopra um, wellness learning annex or whatever. He had like a facility in La Jolla. Mm -hmm. So I went over there and she gave me seven spiritual laws of success. Mm. I read it. And I started applying it in my life. And my whole life changed. Really? And the main thing is this, is in order to succeed, you have to help other people succeed <laughs> without any, like, you know, expectations. Karma, kind of like instant so, karma. Yeah, so what I did was, because at that time, I had a commercial agent named Lawrence Haar. He owns Aqua. So I went out of my way to get Mike Black, Ari Shafir, all these fucking comics signed by him. Hmm. I went and sh- to set up showcases. I try to get people at the comedy store. I brought Brody Stevens to the comedy store. Yeah. Yes. Kevin Christie to the comedy store. I brought a bunch of people to the comedy store, get them showcases. And I did all these things because I was reading the book. I was doing all the things. Mm. And then all of a nowhere, I got a bunch of fun. I got a commercial, IBM commercial where they paid me $350,000. Wow. It was a campaign. Wow. Tonight Show, Leno. What if I And Matt TV yeah. all in a two-month period. Wow. After reading the thing. Wow. And applying it to my it's life. It's like a testimonial on the back of the book. Bobby Lee, Matt T. No. No, it's, it's so I know, good. I would never do it because I heard he's a bad tipper. He's a bad tipper? Yeah. That, Deepak Chopra. That goes against everything <laughs> you just told us. <laughs> yeah. like I read that. I, somebody said that to me. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, really good to be here. And um, So you're open to like some I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm like, not doing it anymore. That's fine. <laughs> I'm into it. Let's wrap up. I, I want it. The, the show's over when we decide. And it's over. 
Yeah, but it was pretty good though. I loved it. It was great. No, I really did. I honestly, I, I uncovered things about myself. <laughs> I really did. I did too. And um, it was perfect episode. And I feel like I know you a little bit more. We knew. We do. We, we knew. We knew. We knew. We knew. We do. It was amazing. Yeah. Dom Herrera voice. We knew. We do. Wow. <laughs> what a great guy. He is a great guy. I, have you had a little? I know him. I'd love to have him. Mm. Again, the booking is like I'm waiting to see him. I'll see him. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll just reach out. Listen. We have the guest say the catchphrase at the end. The catchphrase is keep it crispy. Keep you, it crispy? Yeah. How do I say it, though? You, you can just kind of, you know, give it a second and be like, hey. All righty. Right, here we go. Hey. <laughs> well, don't laugh. I have to start over. <laughs> can you not laugh at it? I won't. I'm going to leave a little pause, too. I'm going to smile like that. Yeah, yeah, but don't story. laugh. Don't laugh. Yeah. Ready? Yeah, yeah. Hey. Keep it crispy. <laughs> I had to start over. Ready? Hey, hey, I stuttered. I, I want another line reading. I get another take. I get another take. Ready? Hey, keep it crispy. Yes. I left too much of a pause that last time. Yes. But dude, I was telling my girlfriend, I go, oh, oh my god, because Pete, because of when I saw you on that thing on, on Gower, that poster, uh-huh. I thought, oh, he's another level, but. When you emailed me, I don't know how you got my email. And when you, you emailed me, I was like, I was like, Kalila, she does a podcast with me. I go, I can't fucking believe this. And so I'm here now, and we did it. And I feel totally stoked about it, man. And we kept it crispy. We kept it crispy. It's so good. Thank you for doing it. I love you. I love you. Bye bye. Perfect everything. I'm so crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice game make you haters want to get me. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 